Welcome to D Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. This month, your D commentators are me, Lucas. And me, Emma. And we are here today to discuss the Disney Channel attempt <laughs> classic <laughs> uh, Radio Rebel. Guys, what the fuck was this? What did I, I watch? I went what into this. What did you all make me watch? And better yet, what did the Chinese federal agent <laughs> that runs my TikTok make me watch? I am horrified. I went into this film. With no expectations. I went into this film with a will to live, and I left it without one. <laughs> I went in with no expectations. I had heard it was very popular on TikTok or whatever, and I knew I know one person who actually likes this movie genuinely. Um, so I was like, all right. Well, Are let's... they going through <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> According to them, it was... Check. Because... It's I a don't, tough I'm, time, guys. I'm Check not, in. I'm, I'm not going to say their name to protect their identity. Guys, but... it's a tough time. Check in with the ones you love. Make sure that they're not watching Radio Rebel. According, according be... to them, it was because they didn't get Disney Channel. And like, so when they would go over to their aunt's house, wherever we did have it, this was all they could watch. So it was a scarcity mindset. It was, it was a scarcity mindset. Because a what were, mindset? Like a scarcity mindset. A scarcity. Okay. I thought you were saying Scarzetti, and I was like, who? <laughs> um, but, yeah. You know, E.P. and Tony Cascetti. <laughs> so, yeah, we watched... He produced, directed, starred. We watched Radio Rebel, which, fun fact, is not on Disney+. Plus. It's only on Netflix, which makes sense to me, because I think Disney does... Embarrassed. This Disney is embarrassed. <laughs> you know how when you do something bad, and you hide it somewhere where your name's not on it? Yeah. That's what they did with this movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's, I don't think there's many marks on it that pointed as a Disney Channel original movie on the Netflix no. version they wiped it. This is a bad one, guys. We paused it as we watched it together. We paused it, I have to say, at least until the midway point, at least every five minutes. Five to ten it's minutes. Five, right? Every five say, to ten yeah. minutes, we would have to pause it because they would say something or something would happen that was so insane that we couldn't write fast enough to yeah. keep up with how quickly or the movie Or we just was needed moving. to take time to comprehend what had just happened. What just happened, what how we felt. What they had said. Because again, Debbie Ryan, a beautiful woman, but those I, big, thick lips, like the words were getting lost and I, they were slipping on our lips. Well, you, you've hit the number one nail on the head on this, which is there were a lot of victims in the creation of this film. Me and Emma are among them. Anyone who's really seen yes, it, I think. <laughs> but I think perhaps the greatest among them is Debbie Ryan. Debbie Ryan is better than this movie. She deserves better. But, okay, but uh, to be fair, for context, if you're not on the Tick of the Talk on TikTok, the my, tick of the talk. Uh, my favorite thing that I watch uh, indiscriminately for three hours a night, this movie kind of blew up on TikTok, not out of genuine like love and nostalgia. No, not like, like a lot of other things came back on TikTok, you know, there was like high school musical stuff. This was more like, let's just rip Debbie Ryan a big fat new one for being bad at acting. Um, and it was just people taking scenes from this movie and redoing them with like her insane facial expressions. So I don't want to let her off No. This I, is a large organized crime, and she definitely yes. played a part. I, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make. Take, and no jury would not convict her. I'm making. Gonna jump two points off of that. Number one is 
I don't think Debbie Ryan, you can point the finger solely at her no, for no, this training, no. despite the fact that she is the main character, but she is making, she has made some insane acting choices for this yes. film. And as we say, we I don't know if it was the director spurring this on. I don't know if it was Maybe in the she scripts. just had absolutely nothing to work with. And so she was like, I got to bring something to this shit. And what she brought was deranged, for manic, lack of a better word. Manic energy. <laughs> um, the second thing, the second thing I want to jump off of that, which is TikTok, please stop bringing back Disney Channel original movies. That's our job, and I feel like they're horning in on our territory a little bit. Uh, if you listen to this show, please go and tweet something nostalgic about Disney Channel original movies and say, D Comedy Podcast made me think of this, and what a fun meme. You can tell I understand don't the internet. Do you think internet. me and Luke should do like a TikTok dance? No, like a I, that's not. I would, I, would do, I would do like an acting out of a thing on TikTok. I would not do a dance. Okay. I, right. would, I will compromise with all you on right, that all one. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, We have the smallest trickling of Disney Channel news to talk about. It won't take very long, which is that... Disneyland opened and Mickey is dead. (laughs) Well, no, Disney World opened. And And Goofy is dead. It was a bad move. Listen, we've always said here that we love Disney, but they make some horrible and sometimes downright garbage decisions. Much like all the decisions they made in the movie That's Radio Rebel. That's true. It's really a microcosm <laughs> of the Disney Corporation in and of itself. So yeah, they did open Disney World despite the fact we're still in the middle of the Was pandemic. Was actually the piece of news? No, okay. but I mean, we might as well touch on it. Bad move. Bad moves all around. The piece of news is that we are getting a new Phineas and Ferb movie coming directly to Disney+, Plus, which I think has been a long time coming. They've kind of been teasing Phineas and Ferb and some of their other stuff, that Milo Murphy's Law Show and other stuff, and like Phineas's voice actor on Twitter has been like getting really back into the spirit of things. So I'm glad they're just bringing them back. It seems going to be mostly about Candace, though, which get actually to the get that money. Get, get it. Get those checks, girl. Get those checks. Um... But yeah, hopefully it's pretty good. I uh, I think I remember kind of liking the Phineas and Ferb Disney Channel original movie, which we'll cover eventually. So if it's of that quality, I think it'll be good. Anyway, let's start talking about this film, even though I don't want to. We better get started because I have upwards of 3,000 things to say. I have a lot of notes. I, well, actually, no, that's not true. I don't have a lot of notes because like Emma said, there were times where I just couldn't write. Yeah, and by I, the end, I, I just, literally said to you, this movie has broken. I just couldn't keep up with all the things that were going on. And so we're, and also I... This is probably the first movie that's ever happened where I was watching the film and I was like, I, I can't comprehend how I'm going to describe what is what, going what on. I'm watching. What it's, I'm it's, watching. It's going to be rough because I fully don't comprehend it myself. Really, It's like trying to explain like material physics to like someone who has never heard of the concept. No, or just person. trying me to get to explain it because I don't understand I, yeah, material I, physics. Me either, like me either. So it opens with a broadcast by Radio, Radio Rebel. Rebel. And here's Who the thing. Who sounds from the jump like a Gossip Girl ripoff, even though it's not, mm-hmm. but it's like, hey guys, it's me, Radio, Radio Rebel. Rebel. Like, you ex- kind of expect her to be like, I saw a bee walking to get S. Like, it's that little, like, sultry, like, Kristen Bell thing where she's like, ever wonder, you know, what it's like to not be in a group or deal with labels? And within three seconds of this goddamn movie starting, we see the terrible trope of them walking past mm-hmm. these similarly dressed kids in clicks yes. and labels. And it was like, everybody's just labeled to this high school, you know, the freaks, the outcasts, the... Nerds. The ner- is there nerds? There's nerds. There's, there's one, one nerd. There's one nerd, and he's possibly my favorite character, but not really, who they were like, how do we depict that this guy is a nerd? Should he be playing video games? Should he be working on a calculator? No, 
he just drives a remote control car around. You know. Also, this school's obscenely large. Why mm-hmm. is there only one nerd? Couldn't I, he have some nerd friends? That's what I'm saying. But here's the, a phrase that came up a lot in my rewatch. You know, like people in high school. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah you like, you know, like people in high school. You know, the one nerd who drives around an you RC car. You know how people built. play with toy cars in yes, high school? You know, like people in high school. Also, you're saying it's, she sounds like Gossip Girl. No, she sounds like Debbie Ryan. Yeah, well, like, yeah. They say. She uses a voice She uses a voice modulator. And it doesn't sound exactly like Debbie Ryan. It's Debbie Ryan doing a Gossip Girl voice. Yes. It's, it's, it's not. Debbie Ryan. Her voice like, hasn't changed. This is, De- this is Debbie Ryan right here. This is Debbie Ryan doing Radio Rebel. Yes. That's it's just, it's just that. It's an intonation. It's there was no technology, no chopping, no screwing. Also, at one point, she says that report cards came out, and she got a minus in participation. Wh- First know, of all. You know, like high school, you know, they- That's a kindergarten grade. That's a kindergarten, well, that's a kindergarten thing to be graded on, one. There's two, no class called participation. No, and I assume it's your participation in class, but two- But what class? All of them, I suppose, but uh, two. Why is it a letter grade? Why not an A plus through Plus and minus? It's just plus and minus. That's nothing. I know you guys are stressed about these fucking MP3 players, but you're not going to get into oh, college God, with that I shit. I don't even want to get there yet. <laughs> thing, the thing we can get on immediately, and because it's rare. This is where we paused it. This yeah. is where we, we paused it within three seconds. Pretty much. said this. She is doing the label rundown, mm-hmm. and then we see the stereotypical bitchy girl. Well, hang on. The thing I want to point out before we get to the labels exactly is that I looked, again, three seconds in the movie, and they show these groups of people and I could tell that these people are all dressed insanely. Oh, and I was like, to call that out. Exactly. I was like, if I can notice that no one in their right mind in high school would dress like this, I'm sure Emma was having an aneurysm next to me. I was absolutely losing my mind and it was actually moving too quickly for me to make notes of everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. But it felt like this movie, do we ever get an answer when this thing came out? I looked it up, but I don't remember what it said. But it feels like 2003. Three shit its pants all over every single one of these kids. I know it was 2012. It felt so much older than that. It well, it did in terms of clothes. It, in, in terms of clothes and in terms of the general, like I feel like we've seen this opening in like so many DCOMs or even just like teen movies where it's like, this is my high school. I don't really fit in with any of these people. And like, here's a panning shot of all the groups. Like we were saying, I feel like this is around, if not already deep into when Disney Channel kind of started to lose its touch with its Disney Channel Roger movies before kind of, even though I'm not a huge fan of like zombies and I think Descendants is okay they're obviously very successful if not high cinema before they kind of got back to that point because like I feel like they were like alright guys we haven't really been doing great with the Disney Channel original movies as of late we just need to do something real simple so we're going to take this story based on a teen book which also by the way this has almost nothing to do with the book it's based on I did a little googling based on a teen book it's set in high school We'll put all the children in ridiculous outfits. We'll show all the clicks like we always do. If, and the message is going to be about being yourself. Like we've done in so many of these oh, challenges. Shut and it's up. somehow it's... they ruin it. Somehow they take that winning formula and just screw it up. And make it so it boring. Yeah. Also. Oh, okay. Also, also. But here's what I'm saying about the clothes. Why I said like, it's insane that it's 2012. Because mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, like how insanely like Ashley Tisdale used to like walk red carpets during Sweet Life era when she was in like a fedora and a boa and like boot cut jeans with a sweater and then a t- three tank tops. Which at the time was high fashion. And exactly. But we look back at those photos now and we're like, what the fuck? But then we're like, oh shit, it was 2004. Like, mm-hmm. that's what people were doing. 2004 was God's mistake, but we were all in there with it. But we were all this responsible. Was, I, was like, th- I was like looking at it and I was like, Debbie Ryan was not popular until way later. Why are these kids in boot cut jeans, fake ties, like Maddie from The Sweet Life, mm-hmm. and fucking fedoras in every scene? Like, we had moved on 2012. We were wearing like state 
equipment, necklaces, and you know, what else would it be? Chevron? Like, we, the America had moved towards different trends, and it was felt like this thing had been shot in 2003 and in a time well, I mean, it's because people who make these genre movies are years out of touch. <laughs> we all know this. So, you know how kids listen to the radio? Oh, uh, well, not, well, not even Nothing's there yet. Hot. We're not even there yet. But the thing you were saying is, so she's like, okay, nerds, outcasts, which are just goths. They're yeah, just yeah, goth yeah, kids. Goths. Maybe jocks, I think we get at one point. And then she says, the pops. And the newly born. And the newborn pops. The newborn pops. And those words came at me, and it was like I had been hit with someone speaking a different we, language. We literally had I was to like, rewind it multiple times to figure out what she was saying. And then I just yelled at Luke, and I said, you have to put on the subtitles, yeah. because I don't know what she's saying. I was like, the pups? The newborn pups? There's puppies? I could talking not... talking about the delicious corn cereal? Cereal? Corn pops? I could not make heads or tails of it. I was like... This could be anything. This could be. We were around it three but times. Surprisingly, it's nothing. It's, it's just nothing. It's just she's shortening. I screamed at Luke out loud. Out loud. She's shortening the word popular. Yes. That's all that was. Which is not the only time it's going to happen where they just. You know take, how they, kids they, talk? They, yeah. Pops. I, the worst one, in my opinion, pop is pretty bad. The worst one is at one point one of the characters goes, "It's brill, like brilliant." Oh. And I uh, wanted to... You mean to... also when they made a grown woman say the word fabu? Oh, that did happen. Uh, yeah, that, that did happen. awful. Also, just going off the label thing before we move off of it, this movie has one of my least, least, least favorite tropes in like all DCOMs where like they present high school as this like, in like teen movies in general, as this like class system between like different groups mm-hmm. of people, which like, yes, a lot of high schools are like that where like, especially when it's bigger, there's like, there's different groups and they don't mix with each other, which is a problem. But they... Disney has a bad habit of overdoing it to the point where it's like it is a spoken about class system yeah. and the popular girls if someone comes up to them they go why the fuck do you think you that you, you can talk to me yeah. which is not something that would ever happen like yeah they wouldn't invite you to their sleepover mm-hmm. but they wouldn't say you're not allowed to because look me in the eye you goddamn peasant because they're still a person <laughs> like, like this. This. <laughs> you strip them of all humanity at that point yeah. like even Regina George which is why I think Mean Girls is a good example of like a good teen movie mm-hmm. where like she's a bitch and a popular girl but she walks down the hallway and goes oh my god that's the cutest skirt I've ever seen to the loser girls and then turns to her friends and goes it's the fugliest skirt I've ever seen yeah. that's how a real high school bitch acts you don't look someone in the eye and go get the fuck away from me you loser like, yeah I'm too pretty to be talking to you wouldn't to be you. popular like, then like, it's, just <laughs> it's just also like I, I feel like and again this is maybe how times have changed if someone said you are not pretty enough to talk to me or whatever, that's bullying. You're yeah. bullying this person. And I, and you know. And also doing it in front of a principal and then the principal oh just God, takes I, their I, MP3 I, players Hang away. on, hang on. We'll get there in a second. But so this You're is. You're not only just bullying me. So the, this, uh, so this whole opening scene is just, this is the most exposition-y, like, opening scene I've ever seen, where it's like, this is Radio Rebel. Everyone in the school listens to us. Here's the various social groups. And then we meet Tara at her locker and we meet her best friend, Audrey, who I wrote is a low-rent Brenda Song. Like, yes, Brenda Song is, yes. was too old at this point, obviously. and They not, wanted Brenda Song, and wanted, she was not answering the phone anymore. No, and so they got another girl who wears, like, the same insane outfits and has colored hair like Brenda Song. But that's like, what I'm stuck saying. In the suburb, Brenda, Brenda Song was 2004. This yes. is 2012. Why is the quirky best friend still dressed the same? Well, I, she's also a, a thespian, which I don't know what, in Also, fact, what is it with supporting characters and suckers? They had The whole first scene, she had a sucker in her mouth. She did have a, yeah, she did do that. <laughs> insane well i feel like and i get this i get this uh feeling with a i lot thought it was of, gonna be her thing throughout the whole movie but they dropped that like an old hat well i feel like they do this with a lot of side characters especially with parents and we'll see this again with her uh debbie ryan's parents well, i can't I think, even get started i think, they, I think on that. they just have like a dartboard 
and they're that are just full of quirky traits, and they just like. But they don't even follow them no, through. No, no. They don't. They give them a quirky tweet for one scene, and then it's dropped forever. Mm-hmm. Like, like the sucker with this girl, the Cammy, her radio DJ friend. By the way, guys, I'm sorry. There's fifty thousand characters in this fucking movie. I, and there is more characters than Game of Thrones in this there's movie. There's a lot of characters, and <laughs> they, they all have very unmemorable names. <laughs> and faces. And also, it'll take if you're watching this movie, it'll take you a long time to learn their names. They, they say their names once quickly, and no, they don't repeat no, their names. No, no, no. I refuse to believe they ever said those twins' names until the very <laughs> end. I w- they never said them once. I would have remembered that. So, and we had the subtitles on. We had okay, the subtitles on. Okay, so, but that Cammy girl, the same thing. She talks crazily in the first scene, and she's like, you're going to be my little sister at the station. She has like, yeah. this crazy accent, and then she never talks like that again. I don't think she has necessarily an accent, but I think she's just, like, super outgoing and, like, has no filter. She's just like, I'm, like, your best friend now. And blah, 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 blah. And blah, blah, but blah, then she becomes completely normal. She does. She comes completely normal after that. She spills her salad on herself one other time, but other than that she's just a person um but speaking of the twins so she is talking to audrey the low rat brenda song uh, audrey's like oh my gosh radio rebel just really inspired me to like be myself today or whatever bull whatever vague so here's the thing that pisses me off of this movie we are finding out right now radio rebel exists radio she's this anonymous radio personality that cool. everyone already is obsessed with and listens to constantly and at this point they're kind of i they, I, it's impossible to tell if her show is actually on the radio or if it's like a podcast on the internet. It has to be on the because internet. Because they, well, they call it a podcast at one point, but also there are people listening to it live. And internet radio is a thing. But like later on, it's explicitly a radio show. So I, I'm, I'm confused, number one, why it's called, why she's called Radio Rebel if she's on the internet, not on radio. Second of all, how did this spread like wildfire at a high school? Be like, hey man, you've got to listen to these live uh, well, yeah. <laughs> perform not performances in twenty twelve radio in shows 2012. on the internet by an anonymous girl who might at this point you know they, how- at this point they don't even know she goes to their school. And she reveals that, like, in, like, her second broadcast we see or something. You know how we now have all music we could ever want at the touch of our fingertips? Mm-hmm. You know what you got to do? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can log on, listen to someone else play music, yeah. and talk for four hours. That's the other thing, is it's not just, like, a talking, like, radio, like, be like, hey, believe in yourself, like, mantra bullcrap. She plays music. She plays music. And I, like, there's literally a point later on where they're like, oh, these are all the songs you can play. She's like, wow, this is so many songs. I was like, you were using the internet before. It has every song ever written. Like, what are you? It's 2012. About. Spotify, I think, existed or almost existed. Uh, at least iTunes. Or yeah, I did. It did. Like, I don't know. Speak. So yeah, at Emma's point. So I already uh, because radio, this is one the one expectation I did have saying I came in no expectations is that I was expecting to see her journey to becoming radio rep. No, I was expecting that's to be already like, happened. That like she was. She's like, already the most famous person in this high school. I was expecting her to, to like use this as an outlet for her whatever, and then it would spiral out of control. Story of her finding herself. Yes. And no. the, the other the other version of that is that we see she, she drops a line at one point where I forget how it comes up. Probably talking about radio, whatever. She's like, oh, Audrey goes. Uh, Tara is Debbie Ryan's name. You should see if your stepdad can get you a job at Slam FM, like an in, as an internship. That'd be pretty cool. And she's like, yeah, well, I've only known him for like, two, he's been married to my mom for like two months and it's super weird. I get freaked out whenever he asks me to take out the garbage. And I was like- Okay, Lucas, also, I love that Luke is so sweet and innocent, guys. He's like, I forget how it comes up. It doesn't fucking come <laughs> up. She walks up to her locker, apropos of nothing, and the friend goes, hey, you know your stepdad, the guy who runs Slam FM? You should like see if he can get you an internship. And Tara goes, oh my God, I've been married to my mom for two weeks. It, that comes out of 
It comes nowhere. Out of nowhere. We don't even know if she really likes music at that point. We know nothing about her. But just what's insane is that it implies she acts like she met this man two days ago. I understand that it's awkward being having a new stepdad and everything. But Luke, she's but shy. I understand that she's shy. But, but it she's would, shy. It would have been way more interesting if like my dad's, my mom's marrying this guy and I don't know that much about him, I feel like. And we need to connect like before she gets married to him. I feel like- They've married already. I feel like we've starting the story at the not most interesting point. Yeah, like, you're right. Had you're you started right. earlier, it'd be more interesting. So these two guys show up. These hats that they're, they are in a fedora the entire movie. The entire movie, these two men are in different forms of a fedora. And these hats, as are their characters, are crimes against God. I'm going to say this up front. You didn't need these characters. You, the, I First of all, I was not sure if we were going to have most superfluous character back as a category in the decom choice. But it's I feel bad. like we need to now just to give it to these guys. But okay, here's the thing. So some information that you don't get until... <laughs> the funniest part, guys, of this movie was when at minute 54, <laughs> I gonna, I was, I was these two characters who we've been forced to watch bumble around like goddamn Ren and Stimpy for an hour <laughs> and with no with no, no idea who they are or why we care about them except for that they're kind of friends with the two girls but not really and then all of a sudden they're like you someone goes you're fraternal not identical and luke looks at me and i look at him and we go these guys are twins and then, that and never then, even came up and then almost immediately after they really drive home but their names are larry and barry which like <laughs> and then the movie was almost over and but here's the here's what i was gonna say yes these guys' names are Larry and Barry. They have a whole thing where they're trying to find out who Radio Elbow is. This is a subplot throughout the entire it, film that goes nowhere. Yeah. And they want they are in love each independently. You know, they are brothers with Radio Rebel. And that's why they want to find out her identities, because they want to love her and date I her. Think, well, I think the one just wants to date her, but whatever. My point is, I'm gonna give you a solemn promise, listeners. We are never going to talk about them again. They they are they, dead to they me. They offer nothing to the plot. There is nothing <laughs> that you are missing out by us not discussing no. what Larry and Barry There's are up a to. running bit, which I would just call a Disney Channel making fun of children with OCD. That oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I think Larry. <laughs> whichever the taller one is has OCD and it comes up in two scenes two and scenes that's and it. And, and it's just as a gag and we never talk about it again. We then meet the villain Stacy and her assistant Kim and this is what I was talking about where like and honestly I do kind of like this trope just because I feel like I'm I'm familiar with it at this point where it's like pretty girl who is like the most popular girl in school and then she has another girl who is ostensibly just as pretty as her. This girl, but they put her in some really awful god awful yeah. bangs that just absolutely ruin her face. Yes. And basically her professional assistant, where she has, like, her PDAs being like, oh, you've got lunch with this guy. You know how in 2012 you all had PDAs? Or, you know, like, like, what the fuck? Or, you know, like, people in high school. They also were both, yeah, both wearing full wedge heels, another mm-hmm. trope that's insane. And also Stacy, I guess, I did like this because she wasn't, like, a dumb blonde popular girl. She was supposed to be, like, an overachieving, like, teacher's yes. pet popular girl. But she did wear, like, a blazer the entire movie. And, like, I literally, at one point, they were doing a wide shot of her in, like, when they were rehearsing that scene. And I was like, is that the teacher and no it was the hot popular chick mm-hmm. because she was dressed like a 30 year old english teacher i was like who stacy, is that stacy really is the most baffling character in this whole film and we'll get into why later when they just goes off the rails but for right now she's just the standard mean girl villain but so was another again would be insane like there's just no transition audrey's like radio rebels made me feel so inspired that i can be popular or whatever so, so her she just goes and marches up to stacy and is like hey stacy how are you doing today and this is where we get the, why is this person talking to me? And like, this is where Stacey's introduced that she hates Radio Rebel because she encourages kids to talk 
to popular kids, I guess. I guess. I guess. I, I, I But it also didn't go well. So no. like, I don't really know why we're following your Radio Rebels feet. Well, it's not even but, it's not even that. It's it's it didn't go well because Stacy's a dick. Also, like why would you want to be friends with guys, her? Guys, I'm sorry to go back on this, but also Stacy is wearing that I promised I was going to look this up before I did the podcast, but of course I did not because <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Those Tiffany Link heart necklaces with the little clasp. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You were a bad bitch in 2005 if you had these. That was the iconic necklace in the opening of Legally Blonde. Oh my the God. Elwood puts on for <laughs> the, the Elwood. Per- that Elwood p- puts on for perfect. That. You know when Legally Blonde came out? 2005? I'm pretty sure it came out in 2001. Oh God. And that is what Stacy is wearing to signify because we all know it was a bad bitch signifier and that's what they put on her to signify that she was popular in 2012. That is infuriating. But would you wear it today? Of course. Okay. Obviously. So, <laughs> if I had it, my mom never bought it for me. <laughs> so, Steve, I bought a ripoff. Oh my god, from Claire's, and it turned my neck green. So Audrey is trying to talk. Two thousand one, I was right. Uh, yeah, you would know better than I. Uh, Audrey's trying to talk to Stacy, and Stacy is like Principal Moreno. I think it's Moreno. It? Moreno. Yeah. Audrey was trying to convince me to listen to a podcast in class, and Moreno runs up and is just like, "No, no, no, we have a zero distraction policy." <laughs> Give me your MP3 player or your phone. It's not really clear which is which, but I think it's supposed to be a phone MP3 player because those were everywhere in 2002. I mean, 2010. Uh. In 2012. And she's just like, I wasn't even listening to it. I didn't even have it out. And she just like yanks it out of her coat pocket. And then she makes Tara give her hers, even though she has said ostensibly nothing. And then this is also where Stacy's like, do you got something you want to say? Shy girl? Huh? 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 And then Tara's just like, mm. Mm-mm. Which is just that I'm not saying anything because I'm intimidated by this woman. Okay, first of all, let's just step it back. This principal, when she wandered on the set, I was like, um, could they not brush her fucking hair? <laughs> she looked like a woman who had just wandered on the set. Like, when she walked behind them, I was like, is that just someone's mom like she was didn't appear to be in makeup didn't appear to be in costume didn't appear to like had loose just gray hair flying about her face this principle becomes also one of the most baffling elements of the film <laughs> and she doesn't she, start off relatively this movie, from as a expected. different perspective is like a Macbeth descent into madness For starring woman, principal yes. Marino or like a um God, I'm trying to... Um, or just the fact that she starts, like, a blood feud with this girl that she has... Apparently goes to her school. With, and has a, no teen idea, with a teenage girl she does not know. She, by the end of this film, she becomes entirely unhinged by how much she wants to get Radio Rebel. Oh, she she goes mentally She goes insane. mad. She goes, she goes mad. She's she driven just, mad. She has a descent into madness. It's like... I'm trying to think. It's like... um, It's Ahab. It's Ahab and Moby Dick. It's exactly it, what that's, that's what it is. That, that's, <laughs> that's what you're yes, trying to go that's, for. Yeah, that's what I was reaching. Radio Rebel is absolutely her white and she just cannot get her. And by the end, we see her descent into madness because she cannot get Moby Dick. She, she, she's deranged. She becomes deranged. But at this point, she's just the principal okay. that steals MP3 players. Okay, uh, which is fucking insane. Uh, but it gets more insane later. Mm-hmm. Wait for that. But okay, Debbie Ryan is shy. Which like, I actually, you know, I don't think we have a lot of like, not a ton of like, good shyness representation in like the main character. It's usually like a best friend trait. And I was like, okay, like, you know, that's kind of a good thing because that's a problem that a lot of teen, especially girls mm-hmm. have. My problem isn't that she's shy. No. It's that Debbie Ryan's physical manifestation, the way she decides to physically manifest being shy is not being shy. It's called having a minor stroke. 
Well, she seems to, her brain seems to be disconnected from her body. In a way. In a way. And she seems to, like, she would just kind of shrink behind her friends, I would think, and just not talk. She wouldn't physically have her lip twitch and her eye make insane motions as she jerks about. And that's the thing, right? Is that she already has three very close good that friends. That did bring this, this up. Is, that's not the, a behavior. A shy person is someone who just sits in the back of the class, doodles in their notebook, doesn't say a word doesn't to anybody. Doesn't friends. But she has, like, the most outgoing actor best friend how did they meet how and did those, they bond Barry and Larry I'm sorry to utter their names again yes. but they are not quiet people either no she, like I don't believe any of these people will become friends in, the, in <laughs> I, this setting I don't but can you talk about the way that she manifests being shy it's worse in the classroom scene yeah, that's but why doesn't she just say. like hide behind Audrey or like act I don't know quiet why must she twitch about and look as if she's just looked into an eclipse well like, I, I, the, I have to give this partially to half Debbie Ryan's fault half the writing's fault because I think especially in the classroom scene they just wrote shyness in a horrible way that does not in any way depict actually being shy it depicts someone who has some kind of severe mental breakdown in many ways it looked like she was having a panic attack it did so maybe that's, that's what they yes. were trying maybe to that's do what they were going but for. that's not being shy you no. can't say i'm so shy every time i get up to write something on the board i, I physically panic. collapse I like, <laughs> that's a like, different thing that's a different that's thing a different i have thing. muscle spasms like that's anyway shyness is just not wanting to go up to the board yes and not and not raising your hand physically collapsing and falling onto the ground after having a muscle spasm is something else. And I don't know what that is, but it's not just being the shy girl. So Also, I wanted to say something right now. Are you sure we're about to meet the G's? I have to say before we meet the G's, because it's already been with us for some time. And it'll keep being with oh, us. Oh, are you talking and about again, the damn like, hat? <laughs> Guys, you have to understand how rare it is for Lucas to comment on fashion in these movies. And he did it twice during this movie. I think it was First like was in the beginning when we, all those outfits walked by and he was like, what are these? kids wearing and i was like wow he noticed that it was bonkers second was debbie ryan for the majority of this movie is wearing a slouch this was a little 2012 people did do this in 2012 was wearing a slouchy beanie like on the back of her head and had her big thick like punk rock bangs pushed up to the front and had this stupid ugly slouchy beanie on for 75 percent of the movie and about 30 percent of the way through luke just goes out loud to no one to no one just (laughs) to god i think begging for he just goes god that damn hat <laughs> and I just wrote down Cause, cause every she, time she, we- she wore it that damn hat <laughs> she wears it in this first scene and then she goes to school the next day without it and I was like oh good she's not gonna wear it the whole movie <laughs> and then she wears it in like every scene after that and it doesn't matter it goes with dresses she thinks it goes with jeans it goes with everything in her mind that damn hat <laughs> that damn hat so we meet the G's and so they are these two guys who have a high school band and are ostensibly the hottest thing on the internet right now. Ostensibly, again, where? MySpace? What? How did this? They're like, they're like, they say. Not TikTok. Not well, TikTok. They say, Stacy, someone says. Oh, right. The, this highs, viral, sen- the blank, blank highs, Lincoln Bay highs, viral sensation, the G's. So they went viral for doing something. something. I would have liked for, to see so it. I would have loved, again, I feel like we're doing 
this movie halfway. Mm -hmm. This high school band is now like, they're playing the prom, they're getting like mic They've essentially lemonade mouth. Yeah, they've already lemonade mouth. Yes, instead of seeing a point where wouldn't they have, wouldn't have the best way to lemonade mouth to be on Radio Rebel at some point? I I just, so they are already on the up and up. They're hot shit. And this is what was being referred to in the beginning as the newborn pops. Yes. Which sounds like newborn pups. And whoever (laughs) wrote that piece of dialogue deserves to burn in hell. Because if I have to say it out loud one more time, I'm literally going to spit all over Luke. Newborn pops. Pops. (laughs) Because they weren't popular. No, but now they are because of the internet. Hence newborn. Never since newborn. So there's two guys. The band There's is, so many characters in this movie. This is like also a completely separate movie. <laughs> this is. is Lemonade Mouth. This is a it's different movie. It's Lemonade Mouth, but with a focus on one. But so they're called the G's because the main two main guys are Gavin and Gabe. Didn't realize that Spoiler, until the last Yeah, that was five crazy. Seconds. I'm going to pick up on that. <laughs> the crazy thing is that there's two other guys in the band. No lines. Who never say anything. And no I was like, lines. are their names also beginning with G? They don't have names. They don't have names. Mm-hmm. Those but, are drums and keys, baby. But so, no, because Gavin is, is guitar and keys. One of what are the other guys? Like, One is drums, the other's third guitar because they, they have, even need that they third have guitar. three guitars. <laughs> but so um, Gavin, who's the main love interest, is played by one of the brothers from Zapped. You know what? I'm gonna say something controversial. That was where he needed to stay. I didn't <laughs> need to see this man as the heartthrob of a movie. He was he was the only good brother in Zapped, and I was like, uh huh. And then I was like, maybe he'll be good in this. No. Also, like he just wasn't right for this role. Like I think he should be a nerdy best friend that you they realize also, you love at the end. Right. And they also shoot him like he is so short. I don't. I, I don't short. believe him to be short. I don't believe him that short, but he looks so short. The camera short. is always up and down. You always see his mid-set. It's insane. Again, whoever wrote this fucking movie, naming the two guys in the same band, Gavin and Gabe, I mix up their names They're the, the entire time. This is so fucking infuriating. So Gabe is his friend. Yes. And he looks slightly more of like the Rocky type. Like he looks like a coked out. He know. looks like a guy who plays guitar. Yeah. His eyebrows are so desperate to meet each other. They are <laughs> jumping towards each other like long lost lovers. But I we couldn't wax before. I guess not. So we, do, we have been just so wrapped up in all the insane things. We got to get into a little bit of plot real quick. So the thing Stacy was talking to her assistant Kim about was I that she's, she's fielded a lot of requests for prom because prom is coming and up. And she broke up with her college boyfriend. She broke up with her college boyfriend and we've got a big dance coming up. You know how Disney Channel loves those. And people have asked her to prom and she says no. And she kind of sets her eye on Gavin as he walks in and she goes up and is like, hi, Gavin, what's going on? See you in theater class or whatever. And so he like brushes past and smiles and then Gabe is like, yo, this is us finally like reaping some of what we've sown. Like we're becoming popular because we're so viral. Like this is your chance to get with Stacy, the hottest, most popular girl in school. You should absolutely do this. Like the level of interest in my voice is the level of interest I have. Yeah, I actually stopped listening to you minutes ago. So he's hunting after Stacy now. That's the long and short of it. And is going to ask her to go to prom because then we cut to, I think it's an English class and the teacher says we are going to be partnering with some other teacher's theater class and we're going to be translating lines of Shakespeare. What class was that? Tara's in English. That's English. English. And then Audrey's in an acting class, theater class. Audrey walks in the class to him and Tara's like, yay, my friend. And then Gavin walks in and Tara just darts out of the room. Like, you know, again, you know, like in high school, you could just leave class. Yeah, when your crush walked in, you could just sprint into the hallway. And and then Audrey follows her out. And it wasn't like she was climbing under a desk. So maybe the teacher just ran out. And Audrey follows her. And there's no questions are raised. And she's like, why is Gavin here? And Audrey's like, you've had a crush on him since first grade. Say something to him. So 
Okay, two things there. Number one, Gavin's here. Um, okay, yeah, he's in theater, and your teacher just fucking said we're combining with the theater class. Keep up, bitch. It's like not that hard to put together why he's there. And then number two, this was the most horrible exposition. Where he just goes, you've had a crush on him for like ever. You know, I might I as well like try talking. So, I feel like that's in so many movies. Well, though. like like they usually show it first before they just dump it on you. Like I mean, they did show it by her running out of the classroom. I like, thought she had to throw up. That I mean, she might have. That was how she. She acted. That is how she acted. But so, yeah, they have this conversation in the hall, and she's like, okay, maybe I'll try. And then I think Audrey even says, like, be like Radio Rebel. And so they go back in class, and the teacher asks for volunteers to write some scenes on the board that they can translate and then perform on stage. This will become infinitely more painful as the film goes on. This will become infinitely more central to the plot as also, it goes on. Th- also that, but just like it sounds like it's a nonsense school thing for them to work on. It'll become one of the most painful things also, in the film. Also in the scene when they're out in the hallway when Audrey, she then again says he's a newborn pop. Again. Yeah, she says yeah, it out yeah. loud to the face of someone else. And I said, I'm going to hurl. And so uh, Audrey writes something on the board and then the teacher calls on Tara. No, that was a that was a cute gag. I actually, Audrey had two times when I actually laughed. Yeah, you did movie. have two genuine laughs. And it was both Audrey. And it, uh, the teacher like asks for volunteers and she's like, all right, anybody like want to write like a scene suggestion on the board from Shakespeare? And like before like anything happens, Audrey's already up at the board. Like, yeah, writing. like she comes out of the ether. Like yeah, she didn't she just, get, we don't see her get out of her desk. She comes from she the comes side from the of the side screen. And she's already writing. And then she's like, oh, did you want to like pick a volunteer yourself? And I was like, that's kind of like funny. Yeah. Um, but so she, she writes something up there and then Tara gets up. And so this is what we were talking about. She gets up to the whiteboard and while Audrey tells her, she goes back, she's like, just don't look, make eye contact with anybody. And she goes up to the board and she's looking straight at the whiteboard and she just starts to draw. And then for some reason, she turns around and looks everybody in the eye and then all she could do, she starts like hyperventilating. And shaking. And shaking. And, her, her and she just like hand. squiggles, writes nothing on the board. Doesn't even make That's an what attempt. I'm saying it looks like an actual stroke. I literally, my notes here are, oh my God, what, what? What am I watching? She can't even write on the board. Whoever decided on making her be this way? Yeah, it's not, again, it is not shyness. It is someone with a severe mental or medical condition. So like, she starts shaking and then like, act, like I truly believe she's having a panic attack. She's having, like, this yeah. is an anxiety disorder then. This something, is not shyness. Something. So then she starts freaking out. And it's also then if she does have this anxiety disorder, she has terrible parents because they're always oh. like, stop being just shy. Well, I was like, she has something well, wrong. That's, that's the problem. Okay, that's the thing, right? Is that first of all, yes, these are terrible parents. We'll get into it in just a second but like yeah this is clearly something medically or mentally wrong with this girl and it, it can just be fixed by doing a radio show and they're the like get out there sweetie yeah, put yourself out there nothing cures a panic disorder quite like being on the radio and, and, and not even medication she then tries to like run away from the board without writing anything. No, nothing. Never completed a word up there. And then knocks into Stacy's desk, mm-hmm. knocks her books over, and we get a sick classic Disney Channel burn. Walk much? Yes. <laughs> also, but to be fair, aside from her knocking into the books, nobody else in the class reacts that she didn't write anything No, they're uh, and, and non-plus. This, this implies to me that Tara does this all Regularly. the time. Which the is, teacher? Which is horrifying the to think about. The teacher isn't concerned. No, this is, that's a horrifying thought. And if the teacher knew this, why would you call Tara up? You know she's got trouble. And then like, they, there's even a part where she like walks back and the teacher go, okay, Tara, good try. Anybody else? And it's like, does this happen regularly? Would why horrible, would you call on the poor horrifying. girl? So then we cut to Tara's house. And so this is what I was saying about the dartboard thing. Guys. I think we've met I a lot of parents. I, oh, we met so many. That None just, of them are that 
but none of them are that okay disney parents are a very specific kind of trope the moms wear a lot of the same outfits the dads all kind of look the same like it's all kind of like yes some of them are horrible people and bad at parenting mm -hmm. but they all kind of have this similar look and vibe yeah well that's one what was happening in the casting room here well that's my that's thing number one obviously i know exactly what you're gonna say and i'm but what i was leading to is the fact that like they often if they know they're not gonna have the parent be like a character like you know coach bolton he's a character in high school musical connie torres is a character Someone in camp rock coach bolton is the lead character of high school musical etc these are these are characters if they know that they're a person who's just going to show up in a couple scenes and not have a big impact on the plot. They give them like a funny quirk or a funny job so you can get a gag in every now and again. And it's been like uh, the mom from Geek Charming was terrible at cooking and taking cooking classes. Um, weirdly, the mom from Ultimate Christmas was a caterer and had to convince all of her clients to keep catering or whatever. Oh, uh, like like just stuff like that. Stuff that you can cut to real quick and be like, womp, womp, funny joke. So for this one, for the mom, they decided to go with I, I don't know what the term is. I, Natural. Oh, this also that. No, this what I think of it is the mom in the thirteenth year who was like super healthy food. But and this, like, but but this, this isn't is, that. It's not it's that. It's not that. She's obsessed with. This is okay. This is the most niche interest it's, I've ever given a parent. <laughs> She's kind of like a bit of an airhead that's obsessed with DIY natural Troll beauty treatments. Beauty treatments. Yes. So like. Putting cherry tomatoes on your nails for your cuticles. She had we meet her. Putting and she dragon has like, fruit all yes, over your face for a beauty mask. These are things that only happen twice. Yes. Those are they show her quirk twice and then we forget about them. But so I look at this mother and I'm like, okay, weird quirk to go with Disney Channel, but whatever. Then the stepdad. She also is like a little Jennifer Coolidge. I got the same. Yeah, I thought like, the same thing. But she, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not a normal Disney mom. No. Like she's like a. Like an airhead, and I was like, she doesn't really have the same energy that I no. get from my usual Disney moms. Mm -hmm. She feels like something else. And speaking of something else, because there's no more something else than when the stepdad slides into the room. I wonder why poor Tara is uncomfortable every morning when mom's new husband of two weeks walks in. He looks like someone in an SVU episode. Yes. They would bring down to the station to interview about mm -hmm. a rape, and it didn't turn out to be him because it was actually like her right. little brother's best friend who like lit their dog on fire. But he was the first suspect because he was her boss at the strip club. Oh, they were, he was yeah, they were, they were, they were the club or yeah, he was in the club. And he's, like, he's the obvious choice. Yeah, that the if the film, if the, if the TV show was actually about like real cases, it'd just be like, obviously. He's the him. guy that Stabler almost breaks his arm because he's like, he's got to be guilty. Yeah. Look at this guy. That's who they cast as and her stepfather. And he is a respected radio producer and there's nothing strange about it. They're not even dressed like parents. I'm pretty sure at one point he's in like a tank top with a blazer over it. I also can't spend any more time talking about this gentleman. I don't remember. Does he ever get a name what is their lab i don't care slam mr slam. mr slam so he comes down and instead of say starting a conversation like a normal person he just sets like his phone or computer down or whatever so and is like demented. listen to this and it's radio rebel scene, but aren't they both listening to it yeah, but, she's but, doing the no thing? i think he puts it in front of her to listen to because he's like man this is just what we need at slam fm we need this radio rebel girl and the mom's like yeah she seems great i don't they, know they do that bad acting thing where like their lines have so much space between each other yeah like he's like this is exactly what we need and she goes yeah and i'm like guys and the, fill whole, the, cl and close the, the, the whole thing is shot direct on so it doesn't look like they're in the same, same room, room. It and then the, there's that insane part that's supposed to be played for humor where he like takes a piece of the dragon fruit in the bowl because she's googling this beauty hops in in his mouth and then again there's too much air and she goes hey that's you're eating what's supposed to go on my face no electricity. It doesn't work. It there doesn't was no work. joke. I was like, what is going on? It just doesn't work. And then so the mom's like, you should go 
ask Tara what she thinks about Radio Rebel, because she's like the demographic or whatever, and it'll be a good bonding moment for you and guys. And didn't you think that that was going to be part of like the overarching plot, is them needing to bond? Yeah, that's why I, <laughs> that's why I borderline don't want to talk about this guy anymore than in this just scene, because there's like one other scene where they kind of bond, and otherwise he's irrelevant to the narrative. The stepdad thing gets thrown in the trash. Everyone is irrelevant to the narrative. Yes, except for <laughs> Stacy and Gavin. Yeah, Audrey's uh, pretty irrelevant. Cammy, I guess, is kind of relevant. No, she just like is. She's like a helper, but like she yeah. doesn't really contribute much to the narrative. No. Then he goes up to her room. Yes, and this was the most insane thing. I, this is where we pause it. This is, and keep point. in mind, we're like ten minutes in the movie. Oh, ten minutes. Ten minutes in the movie. He like knocks on her door, and she's playing it very awkward. She's like, "What are you doing here?" I unfortunately was not born fucking yesterday so i can tell that debbie ryan is radio rebel i'm not right. gonna be shocked when she's revealed to be radio rebel because they've no. done a ton of really heavy-handed foreshadowing where like barry and larry were like oh there's no way radio rebel looks like tara like she has to be blonde like there was a bunch of really heavy-handed and stuff. again it just sounds like debbie ryan real, and again it's her voice and and again she's on the poster as radio rebel so yes. we know where this is going so i wasn't shocked but the gag here is that we know that radio rebel is broadcasting live because they were just listening to her in the kitchen the parents were then he goes to knock on her door which we're, we're supposed to believe she is currently doing the broadcast. Well, yeah, no, we, I think we see her broadcasting and then she plays a song and then he comes and knocks. So, like, yeah. it's not even like a reveal they do that she's Radio Rebel to the audience. We know. We know, we know, we know. We yeah, know. we know. So, she, he's like, hey, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Radio Rebel. And she's like, she's great, bye. She just keeps trying to shut the door on him and then he, like, and get muscles, him out because she can get back to her. Bro. Right. And she just, he just kind of, like, muscles his way in and is you like, you know how stepdads do in the teen girls' rooms? And he's like, man, yeah, it's really something we need down at the station. Like, just setting this up before you yeah, give the go reveal ahead, go ahead, go ahead. is that. I thought, and you thought too, because we both said this after it happened, that like she was gonna like kick him out of her room because like the song was ending, so the drama is increasing. That she has to get back on and cue up the next song, right? And I was like, she's gonna have to kick the dad out of her room. That's gonna create and, conflict yes, and emotion. And he, he's gonna think that she hates him mm -hmm. because she's gonna have to be like, well, I don't care about that. Like, fuck you, get out. And I was like, okay, great tension because like this hiding this identity is creating like a rift in her real life. You know how that happens mm -hmm. a lot of times. What actually happens, Luke? He sits down on her bed. He's got one ear butt in, so he's. Like, listening to Radio Rebel and then the song ends and there's just silence and he's just sitting there and he's like huh that's weird Debbie Ryan just like looks awkward for a second One and second. then rushes over to her laptop puts her headset on and is like well this is the last song of the night bye everybody this has been Radio Rebel and then plays the song and the dad's like you're Radio the Rebel, Rebel? And she just gives it up just gives, gives it up ghost gives it up and I and the thing is, she was like mostly done with her broadcast. I don't think anyone would have been that weirded out if it had ended one song no, early. No. She should have just been like, all right, well, that's it for the show. Or like just, you know, that pause and then said, oh, we had technical difficulties. Also, like, like it makes it seem like she's doing this every night. How mm -hmm. are, was she recording a full-blown radio show and remember that her parents they, ever walking in or knowing? It's also never answered how long the show is. That's not the point. But like this set, this is going to set up the fact that Debbie Ryan has staked so much on this identity of Radio Rebel. Like, she doesn't want anyone to find out to Can't her. Can't have anyone know. It's her Not even her nightmare. best friend. She will do almost nothing to protect that identity if pushed at all. It's a house of cards. The you, second someone, not even pushed, not even pushed. If someone asks one question, what are you doing tonight? The entire thing falls apart in her own hands. And to your point, how they've never discovered before, how has no one ever thought? Because it happened multiple times where someone's like, let's do this at this time. And she's like, ah, I can't, I've got dinner. And she's there like, okay. I also just want to get into this real light before we get into the rest of this, because it's wild. Just go online. Don't watch this movie. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't, don't. But look at the production design of every kid in this movie's bedroom. I want to know who did this 
what they- it was like they'd only heard pray tell of what teenagers were. There's a giant neon flamingo in a corner. It reminds me of the scene, you know, those scenes in Big Fat Liar where they live in like the prop yes, house. Yes, it looks like exactly they just that. took some nonsense. It looks like they went to the Disney lot and they're like, what yeah. do we have? Mm -hmm. What do we have? Neon flamingo? Okay. Graffiti wall? Sure. Like it is crazy doesn't match your personality wouldn't you think you'd have like band posters everywhere i don't know i don't care enough about the her best one also this was a quieter one was in later in the movie you see gavin's bedroom giant, giant union jack giant british flag <laughs> the british flag <laughs> spoiler he's not british no one in the movie is. no one's british and they never bring up it's just behind his bed no other decorations and they were like job well done job well done moving folks. on uh speaking of moving on i you know we're, we're like this is the problem is we're only like 15 minutes in the movie and we're already like an, almost an hour into the podcast so we gotta kind of we're gonna breeze over some stuff but trust me you're not missing much Edge. the dad is like okay i'm hiring you for slam fm you're exactly what we need our ratings have been in a slump this new youthful voice is exactly what we need but I'm this is where she does really quickly and as i am gonna say this once i won't bring it up but like the thing that got popular on tiktok was debbie ryan's like i call it like you know how david caruso on csm miami did like sunglasses acting yes debbie ryan in this movie does a lot of bang acting because mm -hmm. she has those big pop pump it pop punk bangs and she pushes them out of her eyes when she's like not being shy and that's like kind of her big dramatic reveal a lot of times so in this scene he's like I don't get it like you're so shy and like Radio Rebel is just like so empowering and she goes like she goes I am shy bangs but she's not like good job so saying bangs that, yeah, that, you that, that, that. I can see you realize the audience wouldn't be able to see you brush the hair out of your head when I'm saying bangs know that she's pushing the bangs out of her eyes that's some of the acting that is made fun of on TikTok a lot is it's the bang almost, it's almost like she took one class about body language and about like what shy body language was and then didn't realize a good way to implement that yeah. into her acting. So she, so the dad's just like, you're working for Slam FM and she never, and she kind of says she doesn't want to because she doesn't want people to find out she's Radio Rebel, et cetera, et cetera. And then the mom comes in and is like, well, I was eavesdropping. I'm so excited you're going to be Radio Rebel. <laughs> I was on. there the whole time. <laughs> I was there the whole time. So excited you're going to be on Slam FM. This is exactly what your father's livelihood needs to survive. <laughs> Um, it's going to be great. And she doesn't ever say to these people, I don't want to do that, even though she clearly does not want to. And this is the start. And I mean, we already kind of got the instance. These parents suck. Oh, no. We almost forgot something very important, which is he drops in this scene that he's like, in the scene before I think it's revealed that he's, she's Radio Rebel, that he knows it's been weird. And it's kind of especially weird because her dad's been working in Taiwan. That's where her dad not is dead. not dead. Okay, so then she goes to school the next day. And thank God she's out of that damn hat yeah, in this one. That, finally, but don't worry, guys. It comes back. Comes back. Um, But then she's at school the next day. I guess it now has gone public that she's moving to Slam FM. Yes. Because this was the most deranged thing of all, that all the teenagers were obsessed with Slam FM. I could see teenagers maybe listening to an online podcast. Yes. But the fact that they now are About this, their high school. Yeah, but now they are this up to date on radio they stations. They are tuning into the radio. And they're like, oh my god, she's moving to Slam FM. I'm like, I, I genuinely when think, is the last time you listened to an FM radio I station? I genuinely think in 2012, if you had put a boombox in front of Stacy listens to a boombox in a room. People in front of the stage and said, please tune to Slam FM or whatever radio station, they would say, I do not know how, how to, to do, do that. that. So she's at school and her best friend Audrey is like, you should come over tonight. We'll listen to the Radio Rebel broadcast. It's her first, first one. First first one. It's going to be tight. And she's like, I can't because I have family obligations. Audrey takes this way too personally. This was the other time I laughed at an Audrey joke was she was like, I know you're lying to me. Like I, she said, mm -hmm. I, you have 
family plan. She was like, no, you're lying to me. You're, you sound the way you did when I asked you what you thought of that haircut I got at the mall. <laughs> and she goes, I liked it. It was good. And then she goes, no, it was mullet adjacent. <laughs> it was mullet. Which sounds like something you would say. Um, And she also says, like, if you don't tell me, and she's like, oh, look, I can't tell you why. And she's like, well, I'm going to start screaming right now if you don't tell me. And she, like, screams, and then Ryan, like, has to clap her hands over her mouth. And she's like, I can't tell you. Sorry. Man. Then we cut to Slam FM. The dad's walking her around being like, we're going to get so much advertising. Such a big social media presence. All of Seattle is going to know that we've got Radio Rebel here at Slam FM. Everyone's going to listen to your show. It's going to be great. And then he like turns around and she's gone and she's ducked into a break room. I do have to say another thing and I don't want to rip on Debbie Ryan too much, but here I go. Another thing I would say about her shyness, like especially in this scene where she freezes, it could also be interpreted as someone with deeply, deeply serious IBS who's about to have <laughs> diarrhea. The way she that is pauses. That's not what I thought you were going to say. The way she pauses and it's like her eyes go wide. It's like, oh, she's going to shit her pants right now. Like that's, that's the urgency in the freezing that I'm like, she's got to find a bathroom. But so she ducks into this break room and we meet Cammie. Also, you missed when he said that snazzy dog show crash and burn. I, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I don't <laughs> care enough about this guy. I and just... then they, they just walked by a bunch of posters. <laughs> the most insane fake radio DJs of yeah. all time. It was like smelly Joe and snazzy dog. Their shows burn. <laughs> that was the funniest that happens. How did you not? I you didn't make know. notes of that? Emma, like, talking about the movie as much as already, like, drained my energy. <laughs> Luke's really losing steam, and I'm only picking up So steam. she goes in this break room, and she meets Cammy, and she, Cammy's, like, super upbeat, and is like, hi, we've met before. I'm Cammy. You're... Tara. We met at the Christmas party. She's like been like, hey, you're gonna do so great. I can't believe you're ready, Rebel. Your dad told me, even though he promised he wouldn't tell anybody. And this is when I wrote, there's too many characters. I don't have brain space for Cammy Q, who is this new character who's wearing fingerless gloves and is an adult woman. Who I guess is maybe my favorite character, I, but like it's, it's slim pickings. Like she's acted. She's dressed like a like a, someone who shops at the limited two, but it is an adult woman. And, but she she's acted okay enough and is like kind of fun to watch. That's all the best. My I can favorite give you. character who turns out to be the hero. Of the movie. <laughs> Save it if it's gonna be what I think it is. It's DJ <laughs> We can't get into that yes, yet. I'm legit crying. I'm not going to be lying. We can't get into that yet. I'm never going to say anything about that until the very last moment of this podcast. We can't say it until the we end. We can't. So we can't. We can't Because that's when it. I actually realized I was living we, in a simulation. We've, ne- we've never cared about preserving the continuity on this show, but we have to save the DJ dancing <laughs> sandwich talk for later. I'm crying. <laughs> so Cammy's like super excited. And then Debbie Ryan like hides behind the fridge. And she's like, what's wrong, Tara? And she's like, I'm so nervous about the show. And, and like, she's like, you're talking to all those people. And I go, bitch. You've already doing that. Everybody was already listening. Yeah, but they do a good job of Tara being like, Kimmy says that. She's like, you've do the, done this for a while. And she's like, yes, but it, I can do it out of my bedroom where I like feel safe. It's like a totally new environment. And Cammy's like, oh, I get that here. And she gives her like a tour of the studio space. Debbie Ryan walks in like it's like, like she just walked into Emerald City from the Wizard of Oz. It's just a room. It's a room with a couch it's, and a mic and yeah, a computer. It's, like, it's nothing special to look at. She's like, this is all for me. And it's like, yeah, that mic and that massive Mac. Yeah, that's for you. Mm-hmm. It's like three microphones that's and like it. two computers. It's, but one's really old timey and she doesn't use it. No. And then there's like a headset, which I don't think you can use in professional radio. Also, they're trying to like show her this stuff. And this is where you made the joke where it's like, she's like, oh, look at how many songs. And it's like, it's yeah. 2012. You, every song is available to touch your fingertips. And then she like tries to like do whatever you need to do to be a radio DJ. I guess hit play on a song and she yeah. somehow fucks that up. And I'm like, she couldn't even do that. No, she couldn't. But then like, to, and this actually was a decent joke that I did kind of laugh at is Cammy goes, hey, just take your time familiarizing yourself. You're on in 15. 
14. And then she, as she's walking away, she goes, 14, 13. Oh, That's what I'm like, that was good. And then Debbie Ryan's like, uh, 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 and puts her headphones on, lands in the mic. Ah, and then, which is how we start every podcast, at least in the mic, <laughs> and then is like, you're listening to the first ever Slam FM Radio Rebel, and like... She slides right in. And no here, problems. And, and here's the thing with this first broad, like, say what you will about Tara's shyness, when she is Radio Rebel, she just swings for the fences every time. It's her first broadcast, she's talking about, you know, be yourself, all that usual nonsense. Not nonsense, it's no, a good message, No, I but. fucking don't like this. I do not like this shit. I do not like this shit, and I did not like about Lemonade now. And I'm sorry to you guys that were younger in the 2012s and the 13s that love these movies. It's all just, I wrote a note about this later, but I literally just want to say it. It's just like all these stupid platitudes that mean nothing Mm -hmm. and are tied to nothing. Like I want to watch like something actually, like a character actually overcome something. And like, that's the message. Like, don't just tell me the message. Don't just go... Be yourself. Be the real you. You gotta be you. That's just nonsense words. That's like Jada Pinkett Smith on Red Table Talk saying the word journey a million times. You're not saying anything. You're just saying healing and journey. Deep cut reference (laughs) I don't understand. It's, It's a very popular reference right now. It just happened. But it's like... That's nothing. Like, actually show me Troy Bolton being himself and running on stage at the musical, and that's the lesson. I don't need you to fucking tell me a million times, be yourself. I actually think it does it better than Lemonade Mouth, where Lemonade Mouth's message was be heard, but then also support clubs, but then also stick with your friends. That message was, that every- was everywhere. But this one is also everywhere. It's also, not, it's also not, well, no, it's clear, but they just hit it over your head with you in the most ungraceful way. So take your pick. But to my point about her... Just taking big swings is I was expecting Ernie to play it very low key. She then tells all of her listeners to wear red tomorrow, uh, which you know you have. So you know, but then like again, be yourself by wearing. So you the know same. that we're in this together. It's like a teacher, like it's like a after school special. Like you're supposed yes. to be cool. And it's like the hands kids. across America. Yeah, like oh. <laughs> but then, God. but this is, so this thing where she makes everyone wear red. It's really where it hit me, where it was like, this is an actual radio show going out to all of Seattle. That's where the movie takes place. I don't know if we said that. But, but like, it's focused directly on her high school. It's directly on high school. Who is listening to this? <laughs> then at least, I will give them credit that at least they mentioned kids from other high schools are inspired. And I'm like, okay, at least that's other high school kids. Like, there's no way that people like on their drive home from work are tuning into Radio Rebel. Like, it's nothing. And they're like, those kids are wearing red tomorrow. I'm going to wear red too. I don't know. But yeah, so then Cammy's like, great job. Cool. Um, and then we catch the next day and everyone's wearing red. I literally don't have anything interesting that happens on the red day. Do you? The only thing that happens on the red day is Audrey is still mad. At yes, this is this really is the mad thing. at Debbie Ryan for not telling her not coming over to her house the night before because and Debbie then, didn't go because she had to record as Radio Rebel. Right, but then like she's wearing red and so Audrey's like, "Oh, you did listen to Radio Rebel? I see. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said you weren't going to because of family." Meh. And then so Debbie's like, "I'm." Debbie, I'm just gonna, whatever, who cares? Uh, Tara's like, I'm Radio Rebel, and Audrey's like, great, I don't believe you. So then she has to, like, take her back to her be- her bedroom and, like, play the voice modulator and be like, oh my god, you are Radio and Rebel. And I literally blacked out this entire scene because the overacting between the two of them for this entire block was so grating, I literally couldn't watch it directly on. I was, like, no, scrolling Instagram. It's nothing. I think, I, I don't care about either of them. I um, <laughs> You know what? We're we're about to get into the Shakespeare stuff, and I'm not spiritually prepared for that at this time. So let's take oh, a God. let's take a quick break. Oh, how would she say it? Uh, check out this sweet song. Really vibe really, on really, it. Really vibe on it. Let it ride. Dig into it. Dig into it, and we'll be, and your podcast ripples here. We'll be right back with you. Slam
you all like that one. <laughs> Let's I, buy that my new favorite band, Red Letter Day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's there's another one that I don't remember. It was like yes, we can. I don't yes, I, say yes. Emma, yes, I literally again. don't care. I don't I don't have enough brain space to dedicate mm. to this film. So they this might have been set up more in another scene where Stacy and Gavin and Tara are all in the Shakespeare project together. They're all have to do this scene. Stacy from Twelfth Night. From Twelfth Night. Stacy's apparently directing for some reason. Everything we know about her would imply that she would be the one to act. And especially since it's an explicitly romantic scene, you and she's going to prom. At this point, it has been confirmed. Did we say that she's going to prom with Gavin? Did we even get there? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm actually having trouble because my notes go straight to when they're rehearsing in the theater. But there is a scene where they're in the class and they drop this, and I don't remember where that. I don't remember. But they're going to prom together. They're going to prom together. He asked her off screen. That's no, happening. no, I think he asks her. Well, he was asking her in that class, but then Tara ruined it by tripping and falling. <laughs> yeah, Tara yeah. literally fell to the floor. Really fell I through. forgot about that. Okay. Um, and then Ga- they, Gavin and her also connect a little bit in that thing being like, oh, cool t-shirt. Um, I love that band. Freaking. Oh, this. They I, have bet, this I bet I bet this was the day before the Radio Rebel broadcast, I think. Okay. Um. The day of the radio broadcast. And he's like, I love that band. And she's like, you do? And he's like, yeah, you should check out this other band. And like, they're trying to chat and have a fun time. And then Stacey's like, um, no, eyes on me. We need to focus on this project. <laughs> so they have a similar taste in music. They have a similar taste in music. There's a connection there. Tara still has a hard time talking to him. Yes, but she's getting better at it. But and- there's literally a scene here where literally the Stacy girl like asks her like if she's okay. And I think she has says she looks constipated. And I was like, I agree. Yeah. She does look constipated. Well, so they're in like the theater of the school, which is very small. I and was talking about the classroom still. Oh, sure. Well, no, but that, that's the con- the constipated thing comes up under the theater. Oh, was it in the theater? Yeah, yeah, because they're reading their scene, and I was so confused, and Emma was fully not understanding what's going on, because they're both start reading these scenes from Twelfth Night. But it's not Shakespeare. It's not Shakespeare. It's like, yeah, did you see my pants? I'm totally a guy. So when you say they're reading sh- scenes from Shakespeare, they're not. So when they started talking, I was like, are they running the scene right now? Like, what are they doing? And then that's when I remember that the teacher said we would be translating lines of Shakespeare. And so what I thought that was going to be, it was going to be a no fear Shakespeare spark notes. Like, this is what it means in modern English. This is the horrifying, like, hey, yo, Juliet, it's from me, Romeo. I'm going to come to your window. Like, when <laughs> they, they like, try it, to, but, but it's basically it's that. that. When they try to, like, make Shakespeare cool for the it's kids. Like, it's like Shakespeare by emoji or whatever. Uh, like so fucking stupid. It's awful. And so they do this whole scene and they're very close together and it's supposed to be very romantic and like it's showing to us the audience who already knows there's a spark there, there's a spark there. But what it's, who it's really showing us to is Stacy because they're like really close together and it's like, oh, they're like, there's a vibe of a kiss but then Stacy just comes up and is like, okay, a few notes. <laughs> Gavin, you're perfect. You're doing amazing, honey. Tara, there's a difference between emotive and constipated. You look yeah. constipated. <laughs> And I said, good note. She should put that in her back pocket. Then, yeah. You know what? Debbie Ryan should take that note. And then they, she's like, and also I think it would be best to block the scene if he was here and you were way over here. And she puts her in like the back of the stage. And I was like, okay, so she does understand that there's very obvious sexual chemistry between oh, yeah. her and Gavin. And then Tara starts to say something and Stacy's like, shut up. And then Gavin's like, no, no, Tara, do like Radio Rebel would say. I assume you're a fan of Radio Rebel because you wore red yesterday. Say what you're gonna say. Say what you really believe. And she's like, you can't block the scene like this. It's a scene about love and we need to be close together. And then this was so Gavin's weird. like, you're totally right, Stacy. You're we wrong. We gotta be like, close together. Uh, yeah, so cool. So then we... Oh, God. I just... Every time I'm, like, reading a few lines ahead of my notes and I see something... I don't 
don't even know where we are. So they do that rehearsal scene, and then she's like, "I we need to practice some more at my house tonight, 7 p.m. And Tara's like, nope, can't do that because I'm Radio Rebel. What? No, family dinner. That's not what happens. <laughs> um, I have family dinner. And she's like, okay, we'll do Every that. Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Every Wednesday night. Obviously a lie. She has to record Radio Rebel. Yes. And so then we cut to Radio Rebel. More vague platitudes happen. But the important thing is... Is that they insinuate... Is this what you're going to say? I was going to say that she tells everybody to dance at 8 a.m. tomorrow. No, but the whole... No, 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 no. This is more back to the most disturbing character, the principal. Oh, the yes. The fact that the reason yes. she tells them to dance is that she insinuates that the principal, when we saw them confiscate her MP3 player earlier, was keeping all of their no, electronics. No, not insinuating, because the t- principal is, like, leaned up against her old-time radio because she's an adult. And, like, is Holding clutching a, lo- a box of electronics. And she's making things like, the, t- the teachers think they can take away our music. You can't take away our music it's who we are it's, it's what the we soundtrack do. of our lives it's the soundtrack of our lives and then and she's holding the mp3 players and i was like so the school is stealing the mp3 they're players they're not just taking them for the day like he would a cell phone they are not returning them if i was a parent and i had to keep buying mp3 <laughs> players for my child because the school was keeping them i would be furious like that's... i bought my kid four mp3 players this year i like you can't do like you just can't do that um and so that's this is when marino really becomes like an antagonist i guess because she's openly saying like our principal sucks and she's not listening to us etc and this is like what will fuel her vendetta against Radio Rebel but then she's like and you know what to show her how important music is we should all just get up and dance at 8am tomorrow no matter what you're doing where you are we also missed an important thing at the end of this rehearsal scene Gavin drops a CD Gavin drops a CD that he's like oh it's my new demo from his stupid band the G's and she's like oh like that's sick or whatever and she whatever she sees that it exists he then as he's hurt. He drops it again. He, he drops it again. The butterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> he drops it like two times in 40 minutes. He drops it again and then leaves. And, you know, Debbie Ryan picks it up and instead of chasing after him, she just pockets it. So on Radio Rebel that night, the same night that she's like, we gotta dance tomorrow at 8am, the principal's taking all our MP3 players. She's like, here's a new song from one of the coolest bands, like the G's. Like, mm-hmm. here it goes. And she plays the G's on the legit radio, this high right. school band, which Something is like an amazing break for them. she could only have access but to. it's a demo on a physical CD that no one else has. And he saw her and showed it to her. So it's a straight line. The last time there. he saw it was when he was with her. and I'll, It's a straight line back to her. And I'll give them credit that the explanation they go with for how this doesn't immediately out her to Gavin does make sense. But she doesn't even come up with that. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like he... We see this Radio Rebel. Everyone's going to dance tomorrow. This is where she also says, I want you to vibe on it, and I want you to really yes, dig into it. that is what she says. And so then we cut to dancing the next day at 8 That damn hat that, is back. That damn hat is back, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, I screamed during this part. It made you rewind it. <laughs> yes, because so everyone's just dancing. Tara's... Some of the worst dancing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just bad. Tara's, Tara and Stacey are the only two sitting. Stacey has my favorite line in the film, not because it's good, which is, Radio Rebel doesn't tell me when to dance. Because <laughs> uh, her hate of Radio Rebel has only intensified. And then Gavin goes up, because Gavin goes up and tries to get her to dance. And she's like, no. And then so Audrey goes over to Tara, who's sitting, and is like, come on, get up and go and dance with Take Gavin. your own advice. Take your own advice. And then Emma, would you like to say what happens? Then Gavin does something so 
utterly unhinged. I, everyone's just kind of like swaying around, flailing their arms. It doesn't look good. Gavin does something interesting. And it was a choice where he walks up to her and just hinging at the waist, snaps like a jet. He's like, just doing that and just standing kind of being like, yeah, I can just snap. And, I can just snap. and then he recognizes him and he's like, oh, he's now so we're getting scary. real snap going. And then he goes right towards her. And then like, he's running towards her and she's going towards him. And then Stacy sees this. It's and like then... bad musical theater. It's like guys and dolls. Like he's like, oh, I, that is rude to guys and dolls. It is just bad in general. But then, yeah, Stacy slides in between him and just starts like shaking her body She's rapidly. Shimmying. <laughs> guys, I know it sounds like we're making stuff up right now. Like, it sounds so crazy. I, I wish you guys... But this all actually happened. I wish you guys could see me. Like, I started this... I mean, you probably can hear it in my voice, but I started this episode being like, hey, guys, we were talking about a bad movie, haha, and now my head is just like half in my hands. And this just, all uh, happened. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating this. This is what happened. So that's what Gavin considers dancing, I guess. And then we go to lunch, and he's like, hey... This is when he comes up to yes. her, and I'm like, yeah, you dumb bitch, you blew it. Of course. And he's like, Tara, can I talk to you? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I'll, you're the only one that had the demo, so you have to be the girl who gave it to Radio Rebel, gave it to your dad to give to, to Radio, Radio Rebel. Rebel. Oh my gosh, thank you. That's so nice. And I know she's your like, dad runs Slam FM. Yes, and she's like, yes, that's exactly who I am. Don't think about it any harder, otherwise you will realize that I absolutely <laughs> am Radio Rebel. So it doesn't give him the CD back to what I was expecting. But what's in crazier, and that this is this, I don't... This is where he says the worst line of the movie. Yeah, like, I, that song's good, and, like, I'm glad it got oh, played. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I just want to, like, do... So he wants to be a real musician, mm -hmm. which me and Luke were against from the jump. No, I mean, I, like, I, I wasn't against it here. If you want to do that, you want to do that. But he's like, I want my music to have a message. I want it to say I want to be Lemonade Mouth, even though Lemonade Mouth wasn't very good at saying what they were trying to say. He wants his music to have a message, and right now he feels it's a little bit soulless. too shallow. And this is where he says something that is the worst line of the movie. He goes, people are hearing me, but they're not hearing, hearing me. <laughs> and I said, maybe that's because you're wearing an ugly necklace, sir. Yeah, you could not that. stand this necklace. <laughs> I, hate, I hate men in jewelry. I absolutely I would never have noticed his necklace, but you went, ah, oh, his jewelry. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the it's thing, like a bad Hollister necklace. The thing I noticed that I think, I don't know if it was meant to be a joke or not, but made me laugh was he's like, all right, cool, Tara. I'll talk to you later. And then he walks away and grabs the apple sauce off of her tray and, then, her and I was like did he just take her food for no reason like what was that about yeah because he came up with no, no food. food he had nothing and then he's like Roger <laughs> Trank check you later Tara thanks I for the sauce like they all knew that this was <laughs> This script was just like a fucking garbage heap. So they were like, how many weird choices can we make without like, them calling the, cut? That's like, the perfect opportunity for one of the classic Disney channels saying something like it's a joke. By the way, can I have that applesauce? Cool. Thanks, Tara. And then like, that's not a joke, but that... He just takes it. He just takes it. So then, uh, yeah, there's like a Radio Rebel. There's a Radio Rebel show. Again, more of the she's same. She's doing this platitude thing, and then she's like, don't take our music away movement. Mm. And I'm like, maybe it's just because of the world we live in, like, now that I, like, we have real things that are really at the forefront. Like, don't take our music away. It's not a social cause no. I care about. No. I don't really care about this. And she's talking about it like she's a fucking freedom fighter. Yes. And I don't give a shit. It's not important. It's not important to garner this kind of attention. But so then she gets the idea that, like, I think, oh, yeah, I think. Also, the principal has now, after yes, the morning. Was, yes. No, not after the morning. It's after the lunchtime thing when she really ups the ante. Oh, I thought it was here and then that causes her to push her advance. No, I think it's after the lunchtime thing. No, I mean, you might be right. I think you're right. I mean, she already hates Radio Rebel. I just and, forget and what's... And she's mad about right. the dancing once they're in their seats. She's already against Radio Rebel 
Yes, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. But then things get really, really... I just just don't remember how she jumps to this because she's like, I know exactly what we're going to do to up the ante on my 8 a.m. dancing thing. I'm going to have the cami cue. She has cami roll up to the school with like a radio van that has speakers on at lunch. And it's playing music, and they're... It's I, playing Debbie Ryan's own cover of We've Got is the Is that beat. where this is? I, I think so. That might be what I play at the break. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But... I love that G song. I don't. We're it's so bad. Oh, maybe that, that one. one. No, that one's not bad. <laughs> I'll have to see. We'll see. But so she's playing music, and then they're like, ha, Marino can't get mad at us because this is during our lunch break, so it doesn't matter that it's not during school time. And then Marino comes out and yells at Cam. He's like, you're on school property. She's like, uh, technically, I'm on city property, and I have a permit, so bleh. Then she steals more kids' MP3 players. She's going back into the building. And that's where she starts her descent into full madness and mm-hmm. says, I, if you know who Radio Rebel is, report them to me, but have them show themselves, then they're going to be expelled. She's now threatening to expel Radio Rebel. This is also the scene that made For me, doing ostensibly nothing wrong. For doing nothing, nothing <laughs> school-related. The thing, this is really the scene that made me realize that how insane this plot is. Because Stacy says to Kim, her assistant, first she takes over our airwaves. Now she takes over our lunchtime. I don't think any high schooler in 2002 used the term airwaves seriously. <laughs> she also, Stacy has this running bit of making puns out of Radio Rebels. Oh, God, made. I forgot. But by I the end of the movie, they it. run totally out of gas. So here she's at least some got some ground to stand. She goes, um, Radio Whore Rebel. No, like, that's not horrible. ground. That's not good. <laughs> the only decent one. I have no barometer left of what is good or the bad. The only decent one is when she's talking to the principal a little bit and I think she uses says like, all of those radio rabble out there. That's not bad. That one works better. And then she yells at, oh, also we forgot to introduce this part of it. Um, She yells at Kim to go vote for her prom queen again, which in one implies she's stuffing the ballot box yeah. to be prom queen. Number two, there's a prom king queen, obviously, because there's a there's big so dance. There's so many plots. And Stacy wants that crown more than life itself. Also, when the principal threatens to expel radio rabble, why is she just screaming into an open hallway instead of getting on the PA again? To be more dramatic, obviously. And Emma... We can't question her decisions. The woman is unhinged. <laughs> I, I, uh, this we go to band practice. We go to band practice with the G's. <laughs> the two speaking G's and the other silent G's. The silent G's. <laughs> that, that is what they are. They're the silent G's. Oh, that's a great title. Yay. Emma's pumping her hands in the air. Everybody can see it. <laughs> They're in the middle of a song. And then Gavin just stops playing and is like, guys, I hate to say it, but I think we can do a lot better. Like, we should be doing music that reaches people, that really says something about who we are and what our music is trying to say. And then Gabe, Gabe, <laughs> Gabe devolves into an, a jerk and like an asshole later on in the film. But in this scene, he is 100% correct. Because he looks at him and he goes, okay, f- first of all, <laughs> don't stop in the middle of the song. Wait, can we not have addressed this after yeah, we finish rehearsing this song? We're trying to practice. <laughs> they were like in a chorus. They're in the, yeah, they're in the middle of the song. He's like, don't do it in the middle of the song. Second of all, we just got famous. We're just trying to give people what they want. And like, also, we're high school kids. Yeah, we're high school kids. That's like, we're so fly is a great message for high school he kids. He says people just want to party and have, have a good fun. time and we're supplying that. Like, there's nothing wrong. It's not like they're pr- putting out music that's like freaking do drugs, burn towns, get yeah. money. I don't know. <laughs> it's literally just like, hey, have a good time. And then he's like, what does this music even mean? Like, and, and yeah, so Gabe here is totally just like okay all of that everything you just to quote luke skywalker incredible everything you just said was wrong let's just focus on the songs we got and we'll move forward from there and, and i like, was like that's okay. a valid point none of the other band members weigh in and we move on and so then we cut to another radio rebel bit and it's, there's nothing really to remember of it we're this is where they start talking about how she's sending shockwaves to other schools mm-hmm. 
And then they're like, oh, people over at Lincoln High or like East High or started a Pops, whatever. Started a Pops and non-Pops alliance. Oh yeah, they brought that up again. (laughs) Can Disney just like have an inch of actual activism? Pops and non-Pops alliance? The important thing I took away from this session of Radio Rebel is that she says, does confirm that non-high schoolers live to this. And she says, I had got an email from this guy (laughs) who hasn't been in high school for 40 years. And he said, my show inspired him to go to his boss and ask for that raise he's been deserving. Good on you, dude. And I was like, that is the saddest man who has ever lived. That man is one of those guys who peaked in high school and was just holding on to that glory. No, that man never peaked. He's never peaked. He's 40 years old listening to Radio Rebel in his car as he cries and breathes into a sandwich bag. Like he As is, his divorce papers sit on the dashboard. That was so quietly sad. <laughs> no, it was loudly sad. It was loud. It was really sad. It was a scream. <laughs> so cry for help. Let's be real. Then we cut to school. She's wearing the hat again, but of in course, a different she's color. Wearing, she's always wearing the damn hat. I wrote, does she have that hat in every fucking color? Yes, because it's the one damn hat. I don't have any notes for what happens in this school scene other than Gabe is revealed. Also, I kept thinking his name was Gary, but it's Gabe. Um, <laughs> also, you don't have a note about Gavin showing up with a full Jerry curl and wearing the thriller oh, jacket? Oh, this is the thriller jacket part. Yeah. Um. So this is just more like her and him like meeting each other and like that being, was crazy. being doing meet He's cute. wearing t-shirts the whole time and then he was yeah. in a thriller jacket. And then he's like, he goes up to her and he's like, hey, we're gonna have a new demo for you to give to Radio Rebel soon. And she's like, I'll absolutely do that. And then he's like, cool. And then Gabe comes around and is like, ooh, you're war- cozying up to Tara because her dad works for Slam FM. Gabe also, Smart. they try to tell symbolism through his clothes, I think. I'm going to give them that. Is that they, as he becomes a douche, they just slowly layer on more scarves and yes. vests. <laughs> They really go all in with the scarf look later. He's wearing six scarves by the end of the movie. He can barely walk without tripping over his scarves. But he's like, hey, great move. Cozying up to her. Very smart. And he's like, oh, um, actually, her name is Tara. And she's like a really nice girl. And he's like, yeah, dude, I don't care Care. about any of that. And then I'm like, okay, so I guess now he's a jerk. Otherwise, he just seemed to have normal band concerns. (laughs) (laughs) This is where she did the thing where they all called in and said what they're afraid of. There's all these. There's so many mini scenes. It's like, oh, God. Um. The principal threatened to expel Radio Rebel if she gets found out. And isn't this where the dad comes in? The dad comes in and is like, yo, this has gone too far. We can't let you get expelled. We got to stop this. And she was like, I got to do this. I've gone too far. Got to fight. There's no going back. Mm -hmm. And then she goes into her show again. Yes. So that it doesn't. And also. This is like the last time we see the dad also. No, we see. Here's the only time he talks. We see him again at the end. But I don't care. Last line, yes. Don't care. And then he's like, this is the most I've ever heard you talk, Tara. I guess that's bonding. Anyway, I'm going to disappear from We're going to say that 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 plot line is. Close. Tied up, even close, though it was close. barely a thing. Okay, so she goes into her show. And this is where she's like, you know, we've ever been scared. Like, I'm scared of, you know, disappointment or whatever. And she's like, call in and tell me what you're afraid of. And so she says, call in. And she looks at, she sits down at the computer, looks, Immediately. At, the, looks at the phone lines, they're all dead. And just goes, huh, I guess nobody wants to say, well, maybe a song. And then Cammy like, taps guys, like, lines one through 20. Everyone's calling in. And I was like, yeah, because she waited a, <laughs> a second. <laughs> no one could have dialed the phone fast enough. That's not how calling into a radio <laughs> show works. Like, looks like no one. Oh. Yeah, she would have been like, all right, I'm going to play a song. And we'll come back and start taking your calls. She just said, all right, call in. Oh, I guess no, no one's one calling in. So. Really getting demanding, yeah. Radio Rebel. And then we just But then they call in the most insane things. The one kid was like scared of the kid who has the, the motor RC car is scared of pop. Because he's a nerd, guys. Audrey, she doesn't say this at this point, but it's stupid, so bears repeating, is that she's afraid of hyenas. She brings up hyenas a lot. A lot. She's faced her fear, I guess. Can't, can't I think, even says what she's afraid of, but I don't remember. And then Gavin calls in and is like, I'm afraid that, like, it's going to be good. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. 
don't know, I guys. Don't remember. But the important thing to note here is that, like, mid broadcast, she runs out of the booth and Audrey goes, Where are you going? Oh, God. <laughs> How did you forget this, Luke? Because I, I blocked it. And, and I blocked she, it from my mind. Runs onto the roof of the studio, opens her arms, and screams, "I'm afraid to show people the real me." Was that and then popular they, on TikTok? Because I feel yes. like it's okay. Good. And then they zoom out dramatically, so she's a dust in the distance, screaming again. Someone experiencing a mental break. Um, how would you describe my face right now? Luke looks lost. He looks like a man who's been put pushed to his limit. So, um, that happens. Everyone says what they're afraid of. Then we cut to school and guess who's been nominated for prom queen? It's Radio Rebel. And she's like, oh no, I don't want to be prom queen. And she's like, if they... This is such a nothing burger of a problem. If Radio Rebel wins... I'm going to have to go up there and reveal myself. No, you and, don't. And no, you no, don't. You don't. You just There's let... no law that says you have to get up there. And then, and admit, they actually referenced this later once the scene plays out in a way you wouldn't expect. It would just go to the runner-up then. Yeah. Because Radio Rebel is not a real person, technically. Yeah. Like, so it wouldn't matter. because It the, doesn't. Cause the... It also doesn't matter at all because it's no. prom queen. Who cares? Stacy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she doesn't get that she can just say no to getting up on stage and just keep living her life. But she's nervous about this now. And then she goes home and then her mom is like, oh my gosh, you got nominated for prom queen. And by you, I mean Radio Rebel. How exciting. I can't believe you're going to go to prom and be prom queen. And she's like, I don't want to do any of that. And the mom's like, all I care about is you doing that. And, and it's, you're we doing didn't know it. that no, until and I, right now. And, and it's and like, also, why are we now introducing another thing that her mom was obsessed with her going to prom? And this is why I don't like this mom or either of the parents, but specifically the mom. If your daughter doesn't want to go to prom, don't make her go to prom. She's very shy. And also, why are we just introducing this character trait in the mom? She was just a wacky person who liked grape tomatoes on her fingers. And I can't care any of amounts about it and I especially won't care after this because then they go to school again and the principal gets on the piano and she's like well why are all the scenes five seconds long well I think it's just that that's just us and me just trying to get through this so I don't have to talk about this movie anymore but, but no they really are they like, there's are, not a long are. really heartfelt conversation no. there there's, there's never no heart done. you're right there should be a heart done somewhere. somewhere in this movie <laughs> like there's never something that's like a really long out like like drawn out like dialogue even heavy the, even the big prom scene at the end feels like it's like five minutes it's five minutes compared and to we like, just keep cutting back to the same classroom and cutting back out of it mm-hmm. back to Radio Rebel yeah so, so then we are back at school. Yes. And principal gets on the PA and is like, guess what, bitches? Radio Rebel hasn't revealed themselves, so I'm canceling prom, which is the most insane thing. Because again... But she's, again, a woman on the edge. A woman on the edge. But if I'm a parent of the children at the school and there's like a a child is doing an not school related radio show and criticizing my policies. So prom is canceled for everyone. I would say you can't do that to my daughter. This principal would be fired. Yeah, this principal, I'm fairly certain, gets fired by the end of the film. Also, Stacey's burns have gotten even worse. And in this scene, she uses the burn radio feeble, which is just... So I just can't. Bad. I just can't. I don't care. It's, so bad. it's nothing. It's nothing. It's what the words that are coming out of her mouth are nothing. But then people turn on Radio Rebel. Yes. So then there's protests outside the station. Outside the station, and I thought again, as Emma said, sweet, innocent, believing in things, Lucas. I was like, oh, good. 
people are protesting the principal's insane decision Luke. outside of the school. Luke. And then you see Stacy, and I was like, oh, weird, Stacy's against the principal on this, because apparently the principal loves Stacy. Oh, no, wait, everyone's holding anti-radio rebel signs, and they're outside of the studio. Yep. That's And it's, again, like covered by the news, and they have to sneak in by getting Cammy to sneak out and attract all the attention. But here's an important tidbit. As they're picketing outside the station, and I think maybe this was earlier, too, there is someone in a full-body sandwich costume. Well, yes, we, I, we see this because of the two who shall not be named. Yeah. They're, they're, they're standing there. But we have seen that next to the station, there is someone in a full-body sandwich shop. sandwich shop. There's a sandwich shop. Sandwich shop, someone in a full-body sandwich costume. Who's, like, got a sign being like, hey, come meet a sandwich. Like, yeah, and you can't see their face. Can't see their face. I assume as any person would, that Debbie Ryan at one point is going to need to get in that sandwich costume to sneak in or out of the studio to hide her identity. Right. Why else would you introduce a faceless sandwich? True. We'll get there in a second, because first she has to get yelled at by everyone who ever loved her oh, in, this, yes. in this radio session. But I'm just session. saying, before we before she's there even into the there, radio session, we have is, seen a sandwich. There is a sandwich. <laughs> let me I'm, t- a, I'm not getting I'm, into the end of it. I'm establishing Let me tell you a story about a sandwich man. Um, So she gives her thing and opens the phone lines, and everyone's just like, I never loved you, Radio Rebel. Dream Crusher, Dream Crusher. Yeah, somebody just Dream Crusher. It's like a chant. It's like a mantra they're yelling at her. Yes. It's a horrifying mantra. They have like floating heads coming out of like the black abyss. Horrifying. Mm-hmm. And so she just gets yelled at and then Gavin's like, I've always loved you, Radio Rebel, but... Uh, there's a girl she's gonna try and impress at this dance and he just like hangs up the phone and she's like I'm sorry and then Audrey goes Stacy they think it's Stacy still obviously it's Tara the dad does have another line here because he says something like supported like it's just like kids they'll get over it it. and I was like his voice is so gravelly he does sound like an SVU criminal it's like he's been smoking a pack he has the hair of one for certain and Um, then they need to escape the studio the protesters are still outside yeah but that's what I'm saying is it's insane everybody blames her not the principal and it's insane Gavin. Luke, insane. You're, you're rationing with an unfathomable But God. also it's insane Gavin is not on Radio Rebel's side. Of all people, he's the love interest. If there's one person you should be like, hey, I'm sorry everyone's so angry, like... No, but this is the all is lost moment. Like, yeah, even yeah, the yeah. love interest has turned. So there's a thing, I can't again describe how they get into this. She <laughs> says like... They're all thinking backwards or something. Cammy says that, I think. It's like, and then, all these kids are thinking And then she has like a Kaiser Soze moment <laughs> of everything falling together. And remember, she just goes, Debbie Ryan sees backwards. things coming in front of her eyes. And, and she's like, backwards, see. of course. And they're like, what are you saying? And she's like, don't you understand? Backwards! <laughs> and then she's like, but we've got to get out of here. So there's still news crew and people, protesters outside. So they call in a sandwich. And so apparently they order a sandwich. They order a sandwich. And weirdly, the guy in the sandwich suit is also the delivery man, which to have delivering in that suit can't be easy. No, not in small stairwells. But, and actually, this is kind of another kind of okay joke is he, because like, does anyone order this Italian meatball sub or whatever? And they're like hiding under the reception desk. And they're like, hey, we need a favor. And he goes, do you want extra marinara? And Audrey's like, actually, yes, that would be great. And Debbie Ryan's like, not now. <laughs> that was a decent joke. So obviously, as Emma said, they're going to get in They're going to get in the sandwich suit. Or at least Debbie Ryan's going to get in the sandwich, sandwich suit, suit. To hide her identity as they walk outside. Or my thought He's gonna be human, so, he, human, he's, he's human barrier because he's a giant sandwich man and walk in front. So no. And by can, the way, guys, he's a flat like club. He's not like a hoagie. So no, it's like he no. would, they would have both fit behind. They would have fit behind him. And instead, what he does is guys, he, I I actually <laughs> could not believe what was happening. He, he walks outside to the protesters. He walks outside to the protesters. Luke, I'm gonna have you take this because I, I can't do it. I don't think I can either. But he's just <laughs> like. Hey everybody, and they're like, Mr. They Dancing Sandwich, what no, do you have to say? He's 
<laughs> excuse me, Mr. Sandwich, what do you have to say about Radio Rebel? And he goes, well, I'm DJ Dancing Sandwich, and I'm here to say that he... DJ Dancing And he starts, sandwich. like, spinning on the ground. Break dancing, but not well. No, because he's in a sandwich costume. To distract them all with his sick moves. Which, and that works. It works. And they all start watching him. And, it left, and then the girls slip out of the door. And it leaves me with lasting psychological damage. And here's the thing, guys. <laughs> all my notes at this point have become all caps and all misspelled. I'm like, she doesn't get in the sandwich costume. DJ dancing sandwiched. Stop touching your fucking bangs. <laughs> so that happens. And here's the thing, guys. You would think this is just another weird Disney Channel thing that happens at some point that is kind of played for a joke. But Don't even funny. talk about it. Don't even talk about it's it. We gonna, can't. It's going to come back is all I will say. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. So uh, we come to school the next day and it's the morning announcements. And who's on the morning announcements but Radio Rebel. How the fuck is she patching? There's morning? never explained. Never explained how this works. Because she's like, hey, guys. Oh, hang on. I got to do the voice. Do the voice. Hey, guys. It's Radio Rebel. I know you're all real bummed about. She sounds like a phone sex operator. A little bit. I know you're all bummed about prom getting canceled, but I feel real bad about it. Luckily, I'm throwing the first ever Morp. That's prom spelled backwards. It's gonna be just be who you are. Come as your real Come as self. you are. No tuxedos, no limos. It's all gonna be paid for by Slam because I can apparently convince that radio station to do anything. And apparently it's raking in dollars even though it was failing two weeks ago. So yeah, don't even wear your dress. Like, no one cares. It's just a fun time. And everyone's immediately like, oh my gosh, she saved us. Radio Rebel's great again. So it's like an anti-prom off-school ground. That's how they're getting around this. But it's also really dumb. And stupid. And I'm with Stacy. I want to wear my dress. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, if you already bought the dress and the tuxedo and the corsage, would you just be like, well, do I, like, return it now? Because I, I did already I, buy it. And so then Stacy hears this and is pissed off, obviously, because she's not getting the prom she wanted because, like, she can't wear a dress. And she's like... This is so selfish of Radio Rebel. She's making it all about her. And then I think she even looks at her and says, that's what you were going to do with prom anyway. And she's like, well, I, like, <laughs> she's not even thinking of prom king and queen. People were nominated. And then she's like, why don't you call in? You're her number well, one you're fan. You're her number one. After all, you're, I'm sure she'd love to hear for your number, her number one fan. And Stacey's like, ugh. There also isn't like a good moment of Tara getting over her shyness. No. She just all, all of a sudden starts like serving sick burns to Stacy out of nowhere. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. she couldn't talk to her a week ago. Yeah, it's not display. I guess you could make the argument that it's very gradual and you don't need to make like a big show of it, but it just loses its impact the way they do yeah. it. Um, so then she's doing the Radio Rebel broadcast later that night and is like, oh guys, I mean, you guys have a ton of questions about Morp, which is great. You're also psyched. I love it. First of all, there will be King and Queen. People were nominated. Like, I'm sure that's the concern of my number one fan. Why which, would she out herself? She just I, I'm, outs I'm herself. herself. Outs herself to Stacey. Again, you are so concerned with protecting this identity. You just tipped you just off the one person that hates you. Yeah. She acts later like she didn't realize that, that she said that because, like, Radio Rebel is, like, this alternate personality, I guess, that she has no impact So she goes on. into a fugue state when recording and just like it. Someone, another person takes over, I like, the mask. I, I listen, I... Is that what you think the mask is about? <laughs> Doesn't like another mask like is like a different personality? Well, it like amplifies all of your inner desire. Yeah, no. yeah, but you don't remember what you're doing when you're wearing the mask. You wake up the next day and you're like, oh my God, I had the mask on last night. I don't remember. Uh, I don't think that's... Not, I actually haven't seen the mask. I'm only passively <laughs> familiar really, with the mask. I saw it like half I've of it once. I've seen some of Son of Mask, the terrible sequel. I don't... That reminds me of like Hitch 2, Son of a Hitch. Like, that sounds <laughs> fake. Um, but I, I again, I've only seen part of the mask while about eight years old. So I don't really know why I thought the need to reference it right now. <laughs> but sometimes as Radio Rebel would say, you got to take big swings. Yeah, but also risks. sometimes you just don't want to talk about Radio Rebel and are willing to talk about a Jim Carrey movie you've never seen. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, she immediately drives to Tara's house. I don't know how she knows where she lives. And says- Yeah, Stacy does. Uh, yeah, Stacy's like, hey, is Tara home? The second she hears the direct call yes. out to herself. Yes. And she's like, hey, Tara's mom with cherry tomatoes on her fingertips. Um, <laughs> is Tara home? No, she's not. And I don't know when she'll be back. Bye. And Tara's like, interesting. She keeps pressing her and basically the mom keeps covering for her. Mm-hmm. But Stacy knows something is up. Yes. And she talks to her the next day at rehearsal being like, I swung by your place last night and you weren't home. And I thought Wednesday night dinner was mandatory, you know? And the reason you couldn't do it is because you're Radio Rebel because you called me your biggest fan. Just like you did. And she's like, that's just coincidence. It's, I'm not... I I have no lies. She, again, maybe if you slip and say number one fan, have a fucking story prepared, Deb. Have something figured out in your back pocket for why that happened. Yeah, like, I, like, I, like I ran, I told my dad about you and he told Radio Rebel. Something flimsy. Which is the easiest lie. easier than, it's a coincidence. Like, that's Ooh, nothing. And so then, then so Stacy enacts an evil plan. Or master plan, I would say. Which she says, okay, well, you know what, you're not Radio Rebel, but like, I'm gonna get No, proof. no, no, no. She goes, why don't you tell everyone right now? Right. Debbie goes, why don't you just, okay, so if you're but so- But Stacy con- isn't convinced. She doesn't have any evidence she doesn't have well, anything she is hard. convinced but she needs evidence so she's like debbie goes to her why don't you just tell everyone right now if you're so sure that i'm radio rebel she goes okay well i don't have any proof but i'm gonna get it tonight having a party at my house everyone's invited i'm gonna in the spirit of radio rebel pops and non-pops and popsicles and everyone <laughs> <laughs> and lollipops and everyone Guys, come on <laughs> involved in this pop culture is going to be invited and if you're not there then i'll know it's because you're radio rebel which seems very easy to get around because I would have looked at her and said, or I'm just not going to be there because you're a bitch. Like, yeah. Because you're coming And you get a bunch so of people hard. not to come. Yes. And she's like, okay, okay great. So yeah, I'll be there. Great. Love, yeah, bye. And so then we cut to her insanely laid out house where she's standing on like the band of the hot upper floor. So many floor. levels. There's the level. And the levels are so small. Like, yeah. The top floor is so small. And she's like looking down and she's being, it's like, it's almost seven o'clock. Seeing everyone walk in the yes. door, clocking so, everyone. Yes. And their other plan is they realize that if someone else doesn't show up. Then they're ready. Then they're ready. Which again, makes no sense. sick? Because like, you didn't, because you didn't propose this to everybody. You didn't say, all right, it's not like a murder mystery where it's like, whoever's not yeah, in the I room know. at this time is the murderer. Like there's so many reasons not to come. And so then it's like, it's almost seven. We're going to get there. This is it. And then uh, Tara walks in and is like, hi guys, not ready to rebel. I'm here. And then she tells Kim to keep an eye on her. And then this is maybe the stupidest scene. No, that's a, a very high or low bar, high bar of stupidity to clear because the broadcast starts and Radio Rebel's talking. And at first, Emma and I thought the logical thing, which is they use the voice modulator to make Cammy sound more like Debbie Ryan because it doesn't sound that much like Debbie Ryan. No, in it this sounds scene. fake. It sounds fake. But what it actually is, because they don't reveal this immediately, is that she basically recorded a bunch of clips of her being like, all right, caller, you're on the air. And they're just in. using, like, a stock of these all of these responses. Yes, yeah, so it's like, And they're going to make it just song. a call-in show. She's going to have to do a big speech, and they're just mm-hmm. going to say, this one's about you guys. So they just have to press the correct button for the appropriate response. And it's right. the mom and Cammie running the switchboard. Yes, and so, like, Stacy's like, all right, I'm good. She's starting, and Debbie Ryan still and she's like, all right, I'm calling the station. And then that's when we see them start pressing responses. They mess up, and so Debbie Ryan runs into the bathroom. And goes, patch me in. She gets on the phone, and it's like, Patch me in, Scotty. And then, like... And she just starts railing into Stacy. She starts railing into Stacy, but, like, people are, like, being like, hey, get out of the bathroom. And then she hides in a coat closet. And it's like, hey, can you have me my coat? How does everyone else not see Debbie Ryan sprinting around the house? And how is house? she not, like, breathing in the phone? Like... <laughs> like just... But, like, also, like, that would be like, what is that girl doing? This is a very small, open house. They can see her running around. It's this, It's like... 
insane. It's just, it's a bad so scene. So basically, the scene is, she tries to out her, Debbie Ryan patches in, and actually, somehow, against all odds, gets away with it. Yeah. And then she hangs up on her, and she's like, Stacy, like, you really need this. You're clinging to, you know, desperation. And sanity. Insanity. But click, bye. So she somehow gets away with it. She's then in Stacy's room. That's where she ends up. And this is where they throw the curveball of all curveballs. I would I mean, not say this is the biggest curveball. No, but it's not the biggest curveball, but it's the most one where I was like, why did we need this? She's like, what are you doing in my bedroom? She's like, I was looking for Stacey the- Stacey, after the call, then, you know, is looking her. for Debbie Ryan. Yeah, and she's like, I was trying to find the bathroom. It's a big house. And she's like, what are you doing in here? She's like, nothing. And then she's like, no, what? She goes, looking at your photos. Look at your photos, like an old person. <laughs> like, and, like, she was pushed you know, barely. You know, like in high school. Looking at all your um, photos. She's like, I especially like this one of you in second grade. And she's, it's a little girl holding a teddy bear and she has a tiara on. She's like, I remember how you used to dress like that every day. And she's like, yeah, and how I got made fun of every day. And she's like, no, I remember being how jealous I was that you were just like living your truth and like being who you wanted to be in the world. I didn't know you got made fun of. <laughs> she's like, yeah, well, get out of here. And then she leaves. I was just like, are they trying to make us goddamn sympathetic towards this girl? Yeah, but they don't even do a good job of it. They that. expand on it later, but it's just, you could have cut it from the film and lost nothing. But so then, then her hardship, I, the trauma this girl has overcome, keep in mind, is just wearing a tiara is every her day. her own delusions of grandeur. Because, <laughs> like, the person that and she being... wants to be in the world is a queen. She literally, there's a scene later where she's looking in the mirror going, you're a queen inside. <laughs> you're no a matter, queen. No matter what happens. Like, she literally... Her version she is is to have everyone lower than herself, which yeah. is in it, which is which is in the opening scene. She says, "Why are you talking?" Which is to psychopathic him? behavior. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh man, you should feel bad for this psychopath because they got made fun of for wearing a crown to school in second grade." So anyway, here's another useless scene. We're out on the lawn, and oh, yeah, the, the G's, G's are playing. The G's are playing that banger. We so fly. Let's oh, not use the word banger. I, I, I don't know what's good anymore. <laughs> and this was something I could attach to. And they're playing, and Gavin's no longer playing the guitar. Now he's playing the keyboards. He's no, like, no, no, no. He has the guitar strung around him and he will periodically play some keyboards and swing the guitar back around and start playing that. Jack of all trades. And then her and her loser friends are all on the lawn and then for some reason... Hang on. This is the most insane blocking I've ever seen. Audrey, Audrey and Tara are standing literally shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> they are just standing. They were standing... Watching the band. Watching the band for Gavin minutes. smiles at Tara. Yes. And... She's just, and she's like, oh, I think Gavin smiled you. That was before they started playing. And then this is like while they're playing or like as they're wrapping up. They're literally just been standing in the same spot <laughs> doing nothing. And then Stacy just plows right Body through them. them. Body checks them right into the shoulders, the spot where they were sitting. And then she's like, Audrey spills her drink all over her. And she's like, oh my God, how could you spill your drink on me <laughs> at my party? How could you bump into me like that? And I was like, you guys know we can see what's going on, right? <laughs> we have eyes. The hills have it's eyes. It's not like they were dancing. The hills have eyes and we can see what just happened. And also what was her plan? If she was intentionally body checking I them, she just made herself have to go change and miss the G's performance. I don't understand what this was. <laughs> all it, all it was. Over. All it was was a scene for Audrey and Tara to be like, we don't care what you think because she's like, you know what your problem is? And she's like, Kara's like, um, I actually don't have time to hear what you think my problem is, so go away. Stacey's like, I need to change, man. And, it was, and then that's it. That's and it. then that's it. Oh, then she leans to Kim and is like, all right. We need New to, plan. We need to put this to bed once and for all. How do they do that? The old pizza girl on rollerblades trick. They need new way, a new way because this party didn't work to find out who Radio Rebel is. Yeah. So she sends Kim 
into the radio station on rollerblades being like, hey, I got a pizza here. And she runs right past security. <laughs> and we don't then, even really see a security guard they, to try to stop no, her. No, he's just sitting at the desk reading something. And she's like, hey, I got a pizza. And then she's like rollerblading between office doors. He's like, where's the recording studio? Meh. And then she finds it, and she sees Cammie and Tara's mom. So this is, like, a pro- like this is right after. This is probably the middle of this party. Like, they put her in those skates at, uh, right right after that soda scene, and then we're like, go to the studio right they now. They had a pizza uniform ready to go. It was, yeah. And so she, like, sneaks up holding her pizza into the booth where they're, Guys, they have their backs turned. so deranged. And then she's like, I think we were, they're talking, they're just like, man, we really need it. I was like, yeah, I didn't think we'd be able to pull it off. We're just having an innocuous conversation and then mm-hmm. the mom's talking about Tara and how she's like worried that Tara's embarrassed of her. Again, a, a, a conflict we did not know existed. No. This movie is wrapping up and we're like, um, okay, new thing. Show, and then Cammy goes, tell. And then Cammy goes, but are you kidding? She loves you. She talks about you constantly. We've Show, never- don't tell. We've never seen Tara talk about her mom once. Nope. No, no. Just inherently not true. Show, don't tell is correct, but she's holding up her little iPhone recording them. Yes, and she says something like, Tara was right. I guess you, I think we did fine. Tara was right. You can be in two places at once. And then she's like, all right, I got what I need, even though that was not in any way um, evidence. And she turns it off and then she starts skating out and then slips and falls and somehow dumps the entirety of the pizza on herself. Emma, would you like to say this? Because you found this, this very- This horrifying. This was disgusting. She's dumped the pizza on herself. It's somehow all over her face. And she turns around because they now have followed her out. And they're like, uh, anybody order a double pop pepperoni? Like hold the pepperoni, hold the pepperoni marinara. She says like some crazy thing. And she I think was, she says like extra meat, vegetarian, like vegan, cauliflower, like all this stuff that doesn't make sense together. And then she's got like pepperoni and sauce all over her like face and hands and body. And she goes, yeah, the pepperoni and shoves a piece of pepperoni like deep into her mouth. I don't like to use the word like, deep there. No, it's what happened. <laughs> and it was so sexual and disgusting <laughs> and visceral. Thing? It wasn't sexual, but it was like visceral. Is it the was right word. visceral is the right word, but it was like anybody would pepperoni <laughs> again the choice who told What's, her to do what that what sucks the most about it is that this is Kim's like one scene to be herself where she's not working with Stacey and she was like I'm gonna go I was horrified it's, by that scene it's yeah it's not great then it cuts to the next day and this is when they're finally giving their Shakespeare performances and Stacy goes up to Tara and is like hey I gotta talk to you real quick and so we think she's about to out her say I, I have evidence that you're a yeah. rebel what she does instead is lock her in the janitor's closet and says enjoy the after getting this assignment I'm doing what I should have done in the beginning and performing the scene with Gavin uh, which we agreed she should have just done from the beginning yeah because <laughs> Tara can't write on the goddamn board why would you make why You're would the you the actress that, what, what the actress why would you make her the actress Right. Yes, exactly. If the grade is dependent on everyone's performances. So we see like Audrey go up and do her bit and another person. And it's all the same terrible dialogue of like, yo, bro, I can't believe you're a Capulet. Like, uh, and whatnot. I, this is where I actually, I know, like, I hate this Shakespeare thing. I mm-hmm. hate it so much. It was literally Kim up there going, um, hey, yo, Romeo, you're a cute guy, but like, why are you such a Montague? Ew. Like, why, the Capulets are cuter. And I was like, I'm gonna actually end it all. If I don't, this doesn't stop right now. And then I wrote, why is, also, why is this part of her plan? And why then, not just tell her, I know you're Radio Rebel. I'm gonna tell I'll her. Hold it up. And also, 
there's a crazy, crazy thing. Well, like, as this is happening, Gavin's like, where's Tara? I don't know where she is. And then, like, uh, Stacey's like, she couldn't be bothered to show up. And so, like, we're gonna do it without her. And then out of goddamn nowhere, his whole band is there in a closet. That like Yeah, they, that is, I, I, you know, that's... So, none of them were in that class. No, and then he's like, hey, are you ready to do this super lame Shakespeare thing? And then is this where the band breakup happens? Yes, and I said that Gabe's fedora and scarves are signaling his descent into madness, because he's now become an egomaniac with this band. I, why were they there? <laughs> I literally think they had, they realized we had to have them break up so that they he could do the final song. But they didn't want to choose another no, location. They, they didn't know where to put it. They didn't know where to put it. And then he's like, <laughs> and he's like, listen, man. This movie is such a shit show. And then he's like, listen, man, the fame's going to your head that we've had for they two years. They literally weeks. pop out of a closet like Haunted Mansion ghosts. Like, they're out of nowhere. And no, they don't pop out. They're still just essentially standing in the doorway of the closet. <laughs> but they're backstage. And then, and then like, he says like, yeah, well, we don't think it, the message matters, right? And then looks at the silent G's and they're just like, mm-mm. And... He's like, all right, enjoy your solo career, Gavin. Like, bye. The band breaks up. I don't care about Gavin. No. She gets let out of the janitor closet, but not in time. Stacy goes on stage with Gavin. They do the scene. They have to kiss. And she's like, shows up right Why at the Why do they get to kiss on the lips, but Debbie Ryan doesn't at the end? They kiss on the lips there. Probably they're eight, they're closer in age or something. One or two. There's some weird rule that if it's part of a drama, of, of a, some kind of play thing, if, if it's not actually technically romantic. If you're doing a hip version of Twelfth Night, nothing matters. Yeah, because I mean, like, think about how many kids shows have play episodes where it's like, oh, someone's got. She's a, older than him. Debbie Ryan is. Oh, she's much older. I'm sure. She's 27. He's 25 right now. Right they're now, only a few so years they're two older. years apart. That's not bad. But she was probably over 18. You might have been under 18. But wait, when were they born? Uh, 1993. She's exactly my age. She's your age. And this came out, so in 2012. I was in college. Freshman year of college. I would have been 19. So she would have been 19. Yes, and he was 17. So they're not both 18, so they can't kiss. 1994? Oh, they said two years. You told me two years. But 25. I can't do this math. <laughs> I guess maybe you're right. Maybe it lined up perfectly that he was 17 and she was... Maybe. I don't care. We're spending too much time on this. <laughs> yeah. So they kiss. It's very dramatic. Also, she calls Audrey at one point, but she's Audrey's like, on stage she's doing something bonkers with a spork. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> There's a spork monologue that we are not even... Well, that's how crazy this movie is. We're not even taking time to touch on the spork monologue. What was that even supposed to be? What play... <laughs> I... I don't care. I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry. I just sometimes I just can't get just, past things. Just, just, just end it. Just let's. So then, Tara... all right, that's gonna do it for us. This <laughs> month. I can't. I just can't. I'll just fall can't. on my chair. So then Tara gets out, and this is where they reveal that they have the clip that has her identity. And she plays it, and Tara looks at her face and says, "That, that real proves- that doesn't prove anything out of context. <laughs> that doesn't prove anything. <laughs> like if someone just played you the clip of Tara knows you can can be in two places. You don't once. know where that was in out of context. It's not a video it's just a voice memo yeah so they don't know who was saying it where it was recorded <laughs> it's lunacy is what it is man it's lunacy but then what happens so she's like here's what you're gonna do tell everyone to vote for me you're gonna tell everybody to vote for me prom queen morp queen excuse me or i'm gonna email it to everybody in the school and she's like okay fine so we cut to the show and she has like another call-in segment and this is where we cut into gavin's room and see the the but i could not tell you what he's calling it no about. i don't know no it's something about being the real him. Yeah, it's something about like... If, if, I, if you had to guess, it's been a roulette wheel. It's usually going to be black or red. It's usually people about... People don't understand me. And I it's either can't be the real can't me. steal my music or don't be the real me. Can't be sure. the real me. And then just at the end of the broadcast, she's like, 
By the way, I know a lot of you want to vote me Morp Queen so you can find out who I am, even though, again, that is not a requirement of me being no. crowned Morp Queen. But I don't really want that crown. Stacy, on the other hand, seems like she really <laughs> Which is also like a bird. That, it is. She's like, seems like she could really, like, she needs it. She's just, hanging on by a thread, folks. Yeah. And Stacy's in her room listening to this and she's like nodding. Yeah, she's, she's like, like yeah, I do this, need this, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she's literally calling you desperate. Yeah. And she's thirsty for that crown. And then it's Morp, baby. It is Morp. And Debbie Ryan walks in. Looking horrible, guys. In the outfit from the meme of her. From the TikTok meme. They have her hair curled so in like tiny, tiny little 80s curls everywhere. She's wearing black feather earrings, like a black netted skirt. It's a goddamn nightmare. And the only thing worse is what Audrey's wearing, which is a tiny top hat with feathers coming out of it. Yeah, she is doing that. No, the only other worse are the three girls that they dress like Star Trek crew members. <laughs> they were just in the background. They're just in the background and there's one wearing a red, a blue, and a yellow dress, but like with the belt perfectly. Star Trek. With, it's Star Trek. I can't describe it well, but they look like they're wearing Star Trek uniforms. I think they were. I, it's just a weird reference someone wanted to make. And in the then background. it's we're getting we're gearing up for the crowning of Morp Queen, and this is where we see Stacy have. Well, yeah, because because Debbie has another shy panic attack, and when? They go, well, that's why they go backstage so Cammy can calm her down. Oh, okay. Like, which again, if they had just called these panic attacks, which is ostensibly what they are, I would say, hey, Disney Channel, great job, because people are suffering. shining a light on this because people live through panic, panic attacks. Like, it's a thing. Uh, but it's like, no, she's just shy. She's just shy. It's fine. We're still gonna force her out We're of stage. We're not gonna put a label on it. She's just shy. Um, and they're backstage. She's like, "You're gonna do great." She's like, "God, taking a rattling breath." And they just this is the scene where you just see Stacy in her prom dress, just staring into her makeup mirror. You are a queen. No matter what, no matter what happens out there, you are a queen. It's like Dennis Reynolds getting unhinged, and it's always sunny. You are a queen. Um. So Cammy gets on stage and is like, "All right, time to crown more queen and king." Now for King, we had two entrants. One of them dropped out. I, I, oh, oh, God, we skipped the whole thing. Audrey told Gavin that Stacy locked Tara in the janitor's closet and he breaks off with her. Yeah, he yeah oh, yeah. He comes up to Stacy at Morp and is like, No, no, not at Morp. Before Morp. Before Morp. And he says, well, I'm not going to Morp with you. Oh, you're right. Because you locked Tara in a closet. Oh, yeah, okay. And that's fair. And that's fair. And she's like, But we were going to be king and queen he's like i've never cared about that obviously um so she's like yeah one of them dropped out so that just leaves gabe you know that guy i guess he's popular enough to be prom king now and now to subdue to morp queen there's stacy and radio rebel and she reached for the envelope Oh, also, um, it's crazy that only two people were nominated for both. Yeah. Just insane. And then one drops out, so one crazy game and his eyebrows win by default. Second, for some reason, Tara's mom is there. Why are parents at more? That, I, well, just hers, I'm, as far as I can tell. Also, Moreno is there, because she needs to see who Radio Rebel is, yeah. obviously. And so, she, Cammy opens the envelope and says, the winner is, and like, Stacey takes a step forward, and she just goes... Radio Rebel! And like everyone's like, yeah, Radio Rebel, woo! And Stacy just look, is just compartmentalizing all of her rage. Everyone's just kind of standing around, looking around, waiting for somebody to stand up. And Cammy also looks confused. And I was like, did you not talk over no, what's going to happen with I, Cammy? I, I have no notes for this, actually. I My notes were, why is the mom at the prom in all caps? And that's all I got. And they didn't really talk about what was going to happen, but so, they seem to have a plan with lighting. They, yeah, there's lighting. The dad's there. But like, why does Cammy look confused? Because that's what I'm saying. She should be in on this plan. She's part of Team Radio Rebel. Then a voice comes in me and like, I'm Radio Rebel and I'm all of you. Like, 
I don't even remember. I used to. It, I don't, it's all platitudes, so you can't yeah. remember. I used not, to be. I was the girl sitting in the back who didn't say anything to anybody. And now I found my voice. And now I found my voice like all of you. And I've been so amazing to be your voice or something like that. And then Debbie Ryan steps out and just goes, I am Radio Rebel. And then like some, people, like, <gasps> some people go, ah. And then everyone's just like, yay. And there's a big cheer. It's a big cheer. Because she wasn't really like unpopular. It's not like everybody hated her. And, and then. And then Marino comes up doing a slow clap. The principal who appears drunk off her ass. And somehow controls the music the dad was playing on stage and turns it into a record scratch. And he's like, wow, well, welly, well, What a nice little video. Like, she's, like, slurring her words and stumbling across the stage. I don't think she's drunk. She is insane. She has lost (laughs) all sanity. She has lost any grip she had on reality. She goes, well, now that I know that you're ready ready to rebel, don't bother showing up at school on Monday because you're expelled. You're so expelled. And she's so happy. How? Why am I at this non-school function. Yeah. <laughs> nah, let's not focus on it's that. It's not a school function. She no. just snuck in. And then, this is the I am Spartacus moment that also yes. went viral on TikTok. Audrey then looks up and goes, no, I'm Radio Rebel. And then Gavin says, Gavin's I'm Radio Rebel. Rebel. They all say it. Everyone says it individually. And Cammy's like, you can't expel all of them. You can't expel all of them. And then any logical person would say, well, yeah, but it's very obviously Tara because she just played her voice modulated and sounded exactly like Radio Rebel. And she did it before everybody and made a whole like thing out of it. And so it's obviously Tara. So she will be expelled. But instead, the unhinged principal is just like, okay, bye. And then walks off the stage. And that's the end of that. I don't I don't know how to take it. I just don't. But then, no, no, no. But okay, then she takes the crown because she mm-hmm. won Warp Queen. Yeah. And she holds it in her hands. She's like, yeah, but you know, as we just said, like Radio Rebel won Prom Queen. But as we just saw, we are all Radio Rebel. We're all Rebel. Radio Rebel. So I was I really hoping she was going to do the mean girls and like break it in half. Break it up. Um, Throw it in the crowd. A piece for Gretchen Wieners. Yeah, and, a piece for <laughs> And so she goes, but I think his crown should go to someone. Who medically needs it. Who medically needs it. I literally have it written in my notes. I think Stacy medically needs this but crown. But she goes, but I didn't really think I heard her say that it yet. And so she holds the mic. She gets real close to her. And she goes, so... Stacy and Stacey goes, I am Radio Rebel. And then, and Daddy Ryan gingerly puts the crown on her head and she goes, and you've never looked more beautiful than you do tonight. That dress, that your hair, you've never looked. And I go, are they about to kiss right now? They were an inch from each other's face. And I was like, I like this. More so than I liked whatever happened with Gavin five minutes later. It just read to me as like, live your fantasy of crushing those beneath you under your boot. Because it's insane that it's like, this has been your dream all along to be on a pedestal. She gets the crown. No, I don't care. Um, Gavin gets up on stage. Cammy's like, all right, let's get a song from the one and only Gavin, formerly of the G's, whatever his last name is. I don't care. And he does a song about being yourself. He does. But what does he say before the song, Emma? He says, this song goes out to a very special girl who has given the voice to so many of us and and isn't afraid to ask a dancing sandwich for help. And Emma and I looked at each other (laughs) and we're like, how did he know about the dancing sandwich thing? He wasn't around. That's weird. And then I say, was he the dancing sandwich? And I was like... Why would he be the dancing sandwich? I forgot about this. Why would he be the dancing sandwich? That's so weird. And then he does this song about being yourself. There were yourself. no clues that it would be him. It No. Because <laughs> like Emma and I said, there's a part earlier on we mentioned where it's like, we need to practice tonight. If she, when she goes, I have dinner. If he had just gone, I have an after school job. That's all the setup you need. But he said, ask a dancing sandwich. And I looked at Luke and I was like, he wasn't the 
dancing sandwich, right? And I was like, what would that add to the narrative? <laughs> like, why would that? That's like I, I, Luke, and you I could was literally like, say the we dancing. We were both like, no, no, no. They would have explained that more. That's like you could have said that the dancing sandwich was Jean Claude Van Damme when he showed up out of nowhere. It adds the exact same amount to the narrative. She but I was like, they would, they would have made that make more sense. And he does his song and he goes down into the and crowd. And that's where she does the weird bang acting yes. look up that got popular on TikTok yes. as well where she's staring at him and making like eyes at him which it also makes her look constipated. It's yeah. not any different than her shy face. Then he comes up he to her. He comes up to her and then she's like, I can't believe you were the dancing sandwich. <laughs> and she's like, why didn't you tell anybody that you knew I was Radio Rebel because you helped me leave the studio? And he's like, because it was your secret. Luke then got up and actually kicked over I a kicked small... I kicked over a stool. I kicked over a stool. <laughs> it was a con carpet. No one was hurt, but he did kick over a small ottoman stool that was in our living room because he was so frustrated with what had just come to fruition before our eyes. The fact that Debbie Ryan looked at that man in the eyes and said, I can't <laughs> believe you were the dancing sandwich. And that was the sixth sense plot twist of this movie that had no narrative purpose. <laughs> Luke's gone, gone silent. <laughs> and I can't stop laughing. I can't stop laughing. Also, and the then song he kisses her on the cheek. Yeah, the song is also really bad. I, we didn't, I didn't hit that <laughs> at all. Fly is so much better. Yeah. It's he, just about so being yourself. He knew she was Radio Rebel for a very long time. Didn't matter. Just didn't matter. Didn't matter. Nothing matters. <laughs> and then they kiss on. He has to kiss her on the cheek. And they dance, but not even a slow dance. A weird, yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, swing no, they dance. all dance. Like Audrey is dancing, and one of the Barry Larry is dancing with Kim, <laughs> and then Stacy's dancing with Gabe, who I thought was an asshole, but I guess he gets a girl. I don't know. They're both assholes. They deserve each yeah, other. Yeah. So are Barry and Larry. <laughs> They're not, but I does. This is a real no one to root for situation. I wasn't really rooting for anyone. I was rooting for death. For the slow <laughs> crawl of death. I was rooting for that dancing sandwich until he started dancing. Yeah. So that's, that's Radio Rebel. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't, don't do don't. it. This is all you, you, you might, need. We've you got, we gave you, might, you everything. You might think it's a funny TikTok. It's not. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. Guys, I know we all have a lot of time on our hands right now. It's not. You have so many better things. You have a life. What would you rate it, Emma? Oh, wait. Quick final thoughts. It blows massive chunks. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling this to Emma. Quick final thought. Yeah. This was horrible. It was bad. But I actually have not laughed this hard recording an episode in a while just because this was this wild to talk about. made the craziest choices that I've seen a movie make in the long in a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. It took us like two hours to get broken. through it because we kept bro- pausing. I feel it. broken as a man. I but so my final thought I was telling this to Emma after we watched it, which is, is there a tagline? I don't care. I like. I thought I should look one up, and then I said I don't want to devote any more time to this film. Also, we're running long, so we're not going to do taglines. I told this to Emma is that it's funny how in the past, whenever we do an anniversary episode, the episode, we, the movie we do after tends to be kind of a bad one. Like we did Poof Point and Dad Nap, which are some of the worst movies we've watched. And then for this year's one after our anniversary, I picked Den Brother, which was pretty not great, but it was nowhere near as bad as other ones, and I was disappointed. And then I think fate decided to just hit me square in the balls on this one and said, well, you're doing this bad one before your next anniversary. So, yeah, this was one of the worst ones you've ever watched. Yeah. It's in the it's in the top three easily of worst ones you've ever watched. What would you rate it? I would rate it a 2.5. 2. Flat 2. 2.5. No 5. No 5. That point 0.5 is really only for that no mullet five. joke. No 5. Just 2. <laughs> Two point five for the mullet joke and DJ dancing sandwich. <laughs>
Because here's the thing. Some of these movies, guys, they Just come into my head. Two. They come into my head. And then the next day, Luke's like, remember that thing? And I'm like, what? That's gone. That's That was there barely even as I was recording the podcast. I don't even remember what happened in Miracle Lane 2 or whatever we just watched. Whatever the hell that <laughs> Right on track. I don't even see, I don't remember the name of it. It's gone. I will never forget what happened here tonight. I will never forget DJ Dancing Sandwich. He will be with me for better or for worse. As long as I show That's up. like saying you will never forget where you were on 9-11. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that it was a good thing, but I'm saying I will not forget DJ Dancing Sandwich. Never. I will not. He yeah, will so not you're ever saying, You're me. saying never forget, but not in like a always remember in that. Not like, like a remember the album. Yeah, like, but, but like a remember what happened to you. Yeah, remember, today. Like remember the evil that occurred here. Yes. Like, our past can help inform our future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. We can't make the same mistakes twice. Yeah, so that's going to do it for us this month, everybody. I just can't anymore, so I'm going to throw it to Emma. And Emma, please lift my spirit by telling us about the hopefully brighter spot in our future for our anniversary. Well, for our anniversary, there's actually going to be multiple spots. Why so, wait, why so many spots? Their spots are different. Different colors? We make each other That's all right, everybody. To kick off season five, I think, of D-Comedy at this point, we will be in celebrating our anniversary episode by watching the one, the only, The Cheetah Girls. Something Emma, I know, has been Emma and a lot of you have been waiting for for a very long time. Felt right. It felt right. Felt like... We need a lift. Time. We, we need a lift. Boost. We need a good We need a good one. And I remember this being good. But yeah, so check that out when it, com- when it comes out in August. But we should check out now, is by the time you hear this, you should check out our Twitter... And you will see all the polls up for our annual tradition, the DCOM Choice Awards. And you can have your voices heard by voting. Because in case you're new around here or don't remember, we each get a vote. And then the audience gets a vote collectively through Twitter polls. And so we will be have the usual categories of best and worst parents, best and worst antagonists and protagonists. Most superfluous characters, I guess, because God damn it, Larry and Barry broke me this this time. <laughs> and I that, that has to stay in. Um, best original song, all the hits. It's always a fun time, so check that out. Um, ch- also check out audioentropy.com for all the great podcasts there. Um, rate and review us on iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes. You can find me online at wildfire underscore king on Twitter at patreon.com slash Lucas Tyler. Thank you everyone for supporting me there. Emma, people can find you at at Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter and Instagram. Please tweet me your thoughts on DJ Dancing Sandwich and I will respond. Please tweet me your DJ Dancing Sandwich cosplay photos. <laughs> I'm sure you all have them. But as always, you should find us on Twitter at D-Comedy Podcast. Give us a follow there. Become a loyalty comrade. It's really nice to see you guys tweet about the show and to see you rate and review on iTunes, Google Play Music, whatever you got. But thankfully, that's all for us this month, guys. We will see you in a new season. Well, we'll see you in the DCOM Choice Awards, but then we will see you in a new season and a brighter future for all of us. And hopefully a new headspace. And hopefully... And our living room might have a new ottoman. Uh, yeah. DCOMs forever. Radio Rebel was awesome. As usual, reject the status quo is my new life motto. Mm. She's so inspiring, so herself. I wish I could be more like her. You should talk to your stepdad. What? Why? Uh, he runs Slam FM, the biggest radio station in Seattle. Maybe he could give you an internship. That'd be a confidence booster, right? Are you kidding me? He's been married to my mom for, what, two months? And he probably thinks I'm a total step freak. I freak out when he asks what kind of cereal I want. Mm-hmm.
I just wish I could talk to everyone the way I talk to you. I guess that's why you're my BFF. Um, B-F-F-T-L-E-W-E. Best friends for totally like ever without exception. Catchy. 